Time no talk, dude. What's going on? Uh, you know, man. Uh, actually, you don't know. That's why you asked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I know unconsciously. I just listened to your song. I feel like I've heard that same song before. Is that that's this that's one totally. you've been? You've, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're revisiting it. You're trying to do like you're you're remixing yeah, it. Yeah, it's like every couple months or something. I I get sucked back into trying to like polish up the the production quality <laughs> on it. Right. I think yeah. it's. I think it's finally. I think I'm finally satisfied with it. It, cool. it was recorded really like not correctly, you know, just just kind of like as I was moving to New York and stuff, a piece here, a piece there. So I'm kind of. It's kind of a bit of like polishing a a turd. I should. I should probably just re-record. Don't no. Don't don't it, but... no. It's not polishing a turd. It's <laughs> it's polishing something that you've worked on. Like I don't know. Like yeah. I, totally. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. Come on, man. You don't, you know, I bet. Yeah. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you know, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I did, I did so much editing on that bass line to, to try to make it sound correct. I, I should have just, you know, played it better. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're mixing, you're mixing classic songs, and you're, you're, you're incorporating. Um, tell me what you're doing. Are you, are you, are you using analog equipment on top? What, is, what is happening? So, so that track is. It's it's almost all original elements except for the Gregorian chant. Really? Yeah. That yeah, is tight, is man. That is tight. Just me, yeah. Yeah, because you had that other song that I used, the control song, and that was like you That's have the fucking quotes, Ghostbusters yeah. song in there yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and totally. Like, <laughs> but you yeah, and I'm you a big and Bobby Brown fan. Dude, I, I mean, uh you and I have very similar um like mixing techniques, like or something's going on, because it's like I'm very into like like I at a certain point like I I didn't even I I just stopped caring about the standard like DJ thing of like okay we're gonna beat Matt it's just I'm like yeah everyone can do like people can do that it's like made like there's music that's yeah, like the signature is made to do that now. yeah yeah and it's just like I I would rather like I want I want to play songs that sync not just like rhythmically but like in meaning and in feeling like when things resonate in really weird ways and stuff but i've been i've been totally. at that since my teens you know like but more but more and more you know it's like that's not it's it's funny you'd think at a certain point i would have like moved more away from that and that would have been more of my teens thing but it's just the opposite actually and i think it's annoyed certain people that i know you know like <laughs> what who's in, annoyed <laughs> Well, you know, I would, I would, well, I mean, I, I would help set up like one of the biggest sound systems at Burning Man year after year. And every so often I would get a play on it and, you know, certain people like the crowd would generally like it, but like certain heads of if friends, it's funny how that works. I see. Yeah. I get a better response from a crowd than I do my, my quote unquote friends, you know, but they're like, what are you doing? Cause like people will be like listening to house for three ten hours and then i come on and i'm playing like some super furry animals track and then yeah. fucking you know and they're like in like with my 303 sampler i would just put in all kinds of crazy shit and just having fun with it and they're like wait a minute wait a minute 
this isn't the standard dance party thing. I, <laughs> oh, I don't, I'm yeah. like, what do you guys like to listen to on acid? Because, like, I mean, a lot of people here are on acid, including myself right now. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, I like to, uh, you know, I like to experiment. You know, I like experimental shit. What's wrong with that? Isn't that fun? No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, there's a lot more uh, juice to squeeze out of quotation, you know? <laughs> Right. You, you're at like the the cutting edge of that, so keep 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 pushing it. That's what I say. There's like a, a project that I just revisited. Speaking of like polishing old projects, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've at one point. I think I had this online, but I lost it a long time ago. I believe it was it, it with the great um, Vimeo destruction, not the Joe Alexander one that you were part of. <laughs> yeah, that I that I basically catalyzed. God, that sucks. No, so no, I think we both catalyzed that. I, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, take yeah. equal credit for that on that cool. one. Yeah, yeah, we we were both pissing off tools management at like the same time. <laughs> I guess so, right? Because it was both yeah. cool. Like there's the did I did I actually I sh I had Midsommar on there shortly before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you did I think with you did. with yeah. tools. Um, uh, um, fear inoculum. Fear inoculum. I almost just said contagion, but no um uh yeah man <laughs> yeah it's even more covid synced than contagion it's literally so, about inoculation you know so i saw a video title the other day i just watched initiation like three times in the last two weeks oh really and, cool yeah, yeah i can't get enough of that one and, and the that ones one, that follow yeah. it like the highway one or whatever the yeah yeah interstate god interstate interstate, interstate. interstate. yeah that's crazy shit and so but um I saw a video that I haven't seen yet of yours uh, that was Us Predicts COVID-19. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, one yeah. raised an eyebrow, and I've been meaning to watch it since I saw that it's there. And is that just, that's like you just doing your analyzing thing. Like, you're, are you just watching totally. and pausing it and discussing it? Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I It's just me doing my kind of like video lecture format or whatever. Um, I'm watching the movie. I draw a lot in it. Uh it's yeah, I love one, it. Dude, that's so like John Madden. You're <laughs> yeah. like you're like a sync John Madden. And like I honestly like I don't know anyone else in the sync community that's like treating it that way. Like you're just so free form with that. And like have you been doing that kind of stuff still lately? Or what do you what do you what do you is that well, just like when did you what's happening? So so I definitely have not been uploading as much stuff to YouTube because I've just I've just been focused on other aspects of both sync and my like art various art practices, but I still upload stuff every now and then. I think a month or two ago, I put up a thing about synchronicity and borderline personality, because it, it turns out I'm borderline. <laughs> so that's been a fun discovery. No. Yeah. No. No, yeah, no, totally. I'm probably in the same. I don't know what I, I guess that's what I, I don't know. My, my ex I think was a psychologist. Yeah. She got it. She had a PhD. And uh, the last time that I heard from her, I was asking a favor from her for something from the DSM because I didn't have a copy. And like, I was like asking for a paragraph at the front of her edition of the DSM that said, if enough people exude a dysfunction or whatever, that a neuroses, that it's yeah. not a neuroses. It can't be a neuroses if a certain amount of the population exudes it. So I was like, is this the one place we have like democracy, like, like, oh, like democracy <laughs> yeah. in the sense of like majority rules democracy, like in that definition? Because I was like, I don't know of any other examples in society other than what determines sanity for um, majority. That's weird, rules. though, like, like, where is the where is the 
the threshold I want <laughs> I want her so, specifically, so, you know. So I so I asked her if she could if she could get that for me and instead of getting it for me, she uh diagnosed me, which is oh, ex- extremely <laughs> against um the ethics code of totally. of psychiatry. But I was grateful for it. I was like, cool, but that's the last time that I heard from her. She gave and so uh, now I'm removed from Facebook. Otherwise, I could I could look it up on Messenger, but I don't have that anymore. But I'd love to see what her diagnosis was. But I believe borderline was included. I'm pretty damn sure. I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I have. Well, yeah, you should you should check out my video on it. I have a little pet theory that the the distance between a sinkhead and a borderline is pretty minimal. I do think they're 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 differentiated, but like, yeah, like I like I've met and dated a number of borderlines in New York City. And they're all into synchronicity, like almost to a, to a point, even if they don't know, even, even if they don't know the term, they're like plugged into like patterns and have like, you know, like clock tattoos or things like that. Right. Totally. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Oh, interesting. Clock tattoos. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like digital, uh, readouts of like, you know, like, like, you know, this number is important to me kind of tattoos. Right. Right. It's, it's 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 six sixty six o'clock or something. You know? Totally, totally, exactly. <laughs> I think I think I think it was I think it might have been two 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 actually that the specific mm. tattoo I have in mind. But oh, that you have in mind. Okay, yeah, yeah. In- interesting. Yeah, you know, Doctor Kirby Surprise was a contributor to the Sync book too. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Um, I remember he's, he was, uh, he's, he's a nice psych- guy. Psychologist or psychiatrist? I can't remember. But um, yeah, he his whole thing was that you know that people will get diagnosed um with whatever it's like basically like if so he he was hit one of his it's almost like a form of activism for him or something within his field it's like people <laughs> go to go to get help and if they describe a synchronicity it's really easy to put that into the same category as like a you know a major mental illness or something yeah totally it's like he's like whoa 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 synchronicities happen they're a real thing it doesn't it shouldn't automatically equate to this you know to just go oh somebody like you should treat that like oh you see a correspondence between things that's a causal well let's explore that or let's you know let's keep that in perspective or something you know not just like oh my god you're crazy yeah totally um i i I was just talking to somebody who's kind of like an old college friend I, i haven't seen her in a really long time but um she went through some kind of sync awakening uh, but then it, it it was attached to some serious emotional disturbances that eventually ended up meaning that she got put on uh, antipsychotics recently. There you go. Yeah. And she's been trying to figure out like where all this stuff actually sits. You know, um, it's it's just it's very it's it, it's it's rough because we 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 definitely live in a in a social system that like just does not. <laughs> It just has a very low tolerance for any kind of outside ideation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, like in my case, what I've realized is, is, is like, yeah, I, I actually do have psychological problems, but they're not so related really to the, <laughs> to the, to the synchronicity thing. Um, I mean, they kind of are in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. They, it, it, I think that, that having like, uh, an enhanced, like, uh, I don't know, like focus on unconscious process is something yeah. that, 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 that has like helped me 
understand synch- synchronicity and so on. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about like, I mean, it's just like like mass neuroses, um, mass formation psychosis, as was a term that was kind of somewhat popular. Yeah, supposedly. yeah. Like I, my my sense of it is just that like like most people are are neurotic. And that yeah, ne- oh, totally. neuroses yeah. has just increased with uh, uh, with the lack of our attention span decreasing. So it's like, you know, when you have the more things that are taking up your attention, that it's like, and point, counterpoint, and everything, it's just like there's a clusterfuck of just, we're so bombarded um, with information. It was kind of the the horror vision of Aldous Huxley was that we would be so bombarded with information that we'd, be- yeah. we'd become complacent because we don't know what else to do. And uh, even like people will react to things and it's almost like a form of complacency in a weird way because yeah. they're still stuck. So it's like you feel stuck, but you don't know what to do about it. So you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to identify with this position. And then all the things build up that show that that polarization is flawed in some way. And then totally. inst- instead of acknowledging it, it's like even more enforcement has to come forward, the doubling down effect. And so, you know, and then it, it sucks because like, I mean, just to, you know, speak to the times or whatever, I'm here on looking at, looking at what are extremes. And I'm like, you know, I'm in Santa Cruz, California. You're in New York. Like we both share this, like being, I, I don't know what your experience is in Brooklyn, but like I'm surrounded by like a lot of like a, a kind of a, a synthesized um, liberal ideology. It's yes. Syn- yeah, synthesized yeah. in a sense that it's like pretty much most people are relatively in, in agreement on, on various things. And like I, I see some of the some of the normal positions as like extreme, like some of the acceptable positions or like things that just people say. And I'm like, I think that that's extreme. Oh, yeah. But then, on, but then, oh, then yeah. on the flip side, I have the people around me that I know uh, that react to that really intensely, and they're like, Fuck. and it's like I don't identify with with their position either. And I've really felt like more and more that like I'm a person without a country in a way in that in that sense. Where, like, I don't really have, like, my, you know, at least in my surroundings, I got some of that for sure. And, like, I just, you know, you can count your best friends on one hand. Like, I really found that to be truer than ever, you know, in recent recent times. Because it's really, like, there's, like, there's tests to that that have come through. Like, you know, but, like, there's always, like, some, there's a divided, there's divided issues, dividing issues. And then there's those issues dividing further. So it's, like, this ongoing fragmentation you know um and so it's yeah not, yeah exactly yeah i guess to the point where it's not reconcilable like if somebody doesn't feel like you should have a right to go into any business at a certain point even if they change their mind later it's like you can forgive that but it's really hard to forget that they're like i don't think you should be allowed to you know exist in society and you're like no shit yeah okay <laughs> I, you know, I don't know where we go from there but uh yeah, uh, but uh, anyway, I think that that uh, things that Jung said regarding that phenomenon, like Jung would speak to, um, you know, like knowledge being creating like a lonely a loneliness. That sometimes the more knowledge okay. you have, the more lonely you're going to be. Yeah, and, uh, I think I sometimes the, feel like the loneliest person on on the entire fucking planet for real. Like maybe the, the loneliest person in New York. Isn't that a fucking Paul Simon song? It's like Simon. Oh Garfield. God, is it? 
I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not that familiar with, with Simon and Garfunkel, I guess. Only the big hits. I don't know if you've But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, there's just, uh, I mean, first of all, there's the entire spectrum of loneliness that comes along from having, or just being a person inclined towards, like, intense spiritual experience, because it's just not really a thing, like, that maps onto the culture right now in, in any way. Particularly, I find in the art art world like there's there's this, there's not any any interest <laughs> really in like religious um uh ideation or expression um right. every, every, everyone's kind of busy pretending that they don't ever experience anything like that or maybe they genuinely don't i, I don't know but my life is so um immersed in that you know right um, yeah mine too and so this was crazy it's like so like I was I was raised extre- extremely religious, right? So like especially my schooling, you know, I've been Same, a very dude. religious. I'm, I'm like a cult baby, basically. Right? Yeah, totally. Me too. And yeah. so what's 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 crazy though is that you know I grow up, and what do I see? But the same phenomenon that I like the institutional type of mentality that I yeah. that I found so fucking like I had to live with it. So I had no basis for comparison when I was a kid. It's just this is what was. And so, like, just saying, like, the older I got, the more it's like, oh, I can liberate myself from this institutional type thinking. And it just kind of happened, you know, I learned to dance, you know, and, and what that meant, I mean, just art, you know, what art became for me, like, all this stuff. And then it was like, oh, shit, like, I feel like I'm back in the fucking school, like, that I thought I was free from to some, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I'm done with that institution. And it's like, oh, the institution is everywhere. It's like, oh, it wasn't just it. It wasn't about the 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 structure of the. It wasn't held within the structure of a facility. It's actually fucking. It's like an open air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's a giant open air prison. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That 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 detonates very hard for me. I I, I had almost that exact same line of thought after uh, my COVID experience, which involved an, a, a ton of just like uh systemic inst- like institutional failures at various levels you know um it was really hard to get medical treatment in brooklyn and i really needed it and uh blah blah it's like a long story but sure, sure. at the at the end of that um uh i i had i had this realization as well that like oh wow the entire fucking world actually is my childhood <laughs> right Re- replicated like because I, yeah. I, I, I i went to this school in israel that was like a pretty rough place like there were teachers physically abusing kids there were kids abusing kids this is tel aviv uh, or this is in haifa oh, okay yeah um, it was like an experimental school called the open school actually that was meant to be like for creative kids kind of it, it, it didn't have a lot of it had less structure than a normal place would but in practice it ended up being the place where kids got dumped after they had been kicked out of every other school. <laughs> so it was like the last stop on the way to like juvie basically. Wow. Uh, and then there was, there was very little structure. So it was this total kind of Lord of the flies scenario. Yeah. It sounds like allowed, a bunch of Charles Manson's. Yeah. It was like that. It, it, it allowed kids that were abusive and adults that were abusive to hide in the chaos of that wow. place. And that's what I saw during COVID was a lot right. of abuse taking place at the at, at uh, taking advantage of this institutional chaos and just Perfect. coming to terms with the the fragility of all this stuff that like 
yeah, these systems are very close to, to their respective red lines, and they totally are going to dip below them. They just did. <laughs> they they will again, you know, and when they do, it, we're going to be a little bit just left to the wolves, you know, or a lot right, left yeah. to the wolves, depending on the scale of the of the collapse. And it's like looking looking at COVID, like we got pretty lucky, really, in terms of the root disaster. It could have been a much deadlier virus or it could have been a virus and something else like a right like a giant, terrible heat wave at exactly the same time or totally or, or a war or whatever, you know. Um, what happens to America when there's a bigger crisis or a bunch of intersecting crises that, that, and, and the structure can't, can't hold, um, this like stuff you were just speaking on of like the increasing isolation of the, of individuals is Mm -hmm. gonna, is probably not going to look so good here. It's like a bad ingredient to have in a, in a, in a ship that's leaking at this <laughs> right well at least at least as as, ter- as terrible as everything was in N- new york at least you guys experienced a, a genuine observable crisis yes and you know all the opportunism of the industries medical industry all you know insurance companies all this stuff aside like there was a crisis like yeah. where i'm at in california there never really was a real crisis uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure people's heads Montana. will explode if they hear me say that and they're from here. But my experience was that uh, we never really got the wave that we were expecting or that they were thinking. Uh, I don't I don't know any single person who died with or of covid personally. I don't know. I guess I don't either. I don't, so, I don't but I, I have 10. However, people. I did see trucks being loaded with corpses. <laughs> sure. Things like that were very I saw hard. Weird ass shit where I saw, I saw footage from New York of trucks being loaded with corpses that were being tossed one handed. Oh Jesus. So yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I'm not, I'm not saying, and I haven't said this entire, like I'm not a denier. I'm just sharing my experience. And so, like, and, and there was a time where my my experience, even myself, I will admit, was pretty worthless because we didn't know what was going to happen. Because yeah, we're totally. being told some stuff, and we react to that, but we don't know, and I never pretended to know. And actually, I, I recently looked, so, you know, I got removed from Facebook quite a while ago. But uh, you got I, you actually got banned. I thought maybe you left voluntarily. But this no, no, oh, you don't voluntary. Know damage. what happened? What happened with me? As far as I can tell, I got three strikes because Shit. I had a post within an hour of my removal. Uh, that looking at it now, I can see that how it could be taken as edgy. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg had made a comment regarding the woman who uh, <laughs> who was like choosing the Mandalorian or whatever, and she had a tweet. And, yeah. uh, and I was sharing words from a friend from Israel, uh, that I was just basically quoting him, uh, speaking to it and basically talking about how, no, you know what? She worded the tweet really poorly, uh, obviously, but, uh, the point of people's neighbors during the Holocaust, treating them horribly is, is a fact that absolutely happened. It, the way it was worded said it wasn't the Nazis who did this. It was people's neighbors. And it's like, no, it was the Nazis. <laughs> it was also wow. people's neighbors. And yeah. so it's like this kind of qualifying thing, you know, where you're like, you know, it's so, 
basically it's like it's like the what the actual words were in in the post was um the the othering of the otherable ah and so yeah. like when you look at the holocaust it's like the the jewish holocaust it's like you also have uh, jehovah's witnesses uh, gay yeah. people, disabled people, mentally handicapped people, like all these, yeah. all these different people. And that's, that's what it was. So let's not, <laughs> you know, so that was also the point is this othering phenomenon. And so I share, and so there was that, and I had had two strikes before it. So I, that's my extrapolation that it was a three strikes thing because the first one was, I shared a, a screenshot from the CDC website that established what it constitutes a breakthrough case of, co of COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, vaccination started. And I just took a screenshot and I said, Hey, here we have 14 days after vaccination, you're not considered vaccinated. So my question was, and it was presented as a question, say you have an adverse reaction and you have to go to the hospital. Is that going to be accounted as somebody hospitalized who hasn't been vaccinated when they say themselves that vaccination doesn't count until 14 days following your second shot, not even your first, your first shot, you're still not vaccinated technically. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh, and so it was just a question. They didn't like that question. And I, all I shared was a screenshot from the CDC website asking what they meant by this 14 day thing. How does that translate? <sighs> yeah. What is the deal? And like, apparently they didn't like that. And then the other, the next thing was, do you think it's like the, someone, someone that, follows you or i don't even know facebook lingo anymore but like some Me. a friend of yours on facebook or whatever reported it do you think it's very possible like I algorithmic and I, I got reported i probably scanned, yeah you know so the, so then the second strike was a post of a um it was a black woman with a phd in molecular and cellular biology uh basically speaking before the uh house of representatives and it was a video that i had downloaded from a government website and so, um, and I didn't, I mean, I, I, there was nothing in my speaking to it that was, you know, that I would have seen as a whatever, but she was, she was incorrect on a statistic, despite their PhD or whatever. She was, she was wrong about the amount of, uh, of black people that in the country that were refused, that were not getting vaccinated. And the, but the percentage she gave, she gave was from Washington. So, uh, or no, 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 maybe it was New York. It's been a while what the specifics were, but she gave a statistic that was true about New York and it wasn't the country. So when she said it, it made it sound like this is the country when in fact, no, we need to speak to this as a city. Now, if we wanted to discuss the rest of the country, that would have been a worthwhile conversation, but the specific yeah. statistic she gave was incorrect. But what the hell anyway, it's a video from like, it's like, oh, you can't share a video. Like, it's like the sensitivity around that was just like really intense. I'm like, you know, what, what, what the hell? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all related to, to what we've been talking about really, because <laughs> it's, 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 you know, the, the, pr the pressure on places like Facebook and YouTube, blah, 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 just like d the digital kind of plaza to yeah. like <clears throat> manage fake news and disinformation is, is related to the ideological crisis of the West. <laughs> right. So the, the day the fact, that I, you know, oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh no, sorry. Go ahead. The day that I was removed from Facebook was the day and year that the that the biggest loss in the stock market by a single country by a single company ever occurred. So historically, so and that was Meta. So the day that Meta lost <laughs> stock, then any, any, I didn't any know that they hold that history. title. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, most money lost at one time, and that that I that was that day. It was the same day. 
and, and so um yeah i mean i don't i i don't know I, uh, uh but uh what i was gonna say in the first place there was just like a pre like a context thing for me if i'm gonna bring up facebook and talking to my friend I, you should know what happened because a yeah, lot of yeah. people assume i blocked them or that i just left or whatever the fuck and like because they don't give you any means to explain to anybody you're just gone you know and so, and, and so anyway, um, I went back just recently, like this last week and I looked at, uh, so I'd saved all of my data from Facebook, uh, up until nine 11, 2019. Why that date, David? It's just, Why? So that was when, it, when I did it. So I, I say, I saved that data. And so I can go, so I was able to look at, um, uh, you know, the, uh, wait a minute. Was it 2019? What the fuck was it? I might be wrong. If so, that's that's the last 9/11 before COVID-19. It's a, an important one. I feel. Right. So before COVID-19, yeah. No, I have. I no, I take it back. Why did I just? I think because that's. I think at one point I thought that that's what I had because the last. Oh yeah, when I opened up the file, that was the last date that I saw. But then the and that was when I first saved it, and now I look back over it, and I do actually have beyond that because i have okay i think i have a, up to, up to like mid april of 2020 actually um uh, yeah there's some confusion coming from me but anyway it's all like my, early, my earliest responses to the pandemic and uh i feel really good about them nice like, and it's crazy because like i wouldn't have remembered what it was that i shared in may of 2020 yeah and i had it's like going back over it to be like, oh, this is actually, you know, because trying to understand what's going on or whatever. And it's like all the same stuff that I would say to this day. Like, it's no different. I'm just like, I'm like, wow, yeah, this is really bad. Um, and, you know, a lot of the extreme reactionary stuff that I'm seeing, I'm not, I don't think it's actually helpful. Yeah. 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 So, like, I, it's like, I'm, I'm, what I'm looking at is like a degree of futility. And I was like, maybe we need to make the best in the in the futile situation, you know? Yeah. And like, and I mean, my feelings were just like, okay, yeah, you're gonna you want to mitigate risks in certain ways that you can, but um, I'm not seeing the evidence for what's being used to do that. That that's yeah. you know appropriate. So like, I was looking at like every RCT, all the pooled data of RCTs on face masks, like right at the beginning when people first started wearing masks. Oh, yeah. And then and I was like, wow, what Fauci said in that first CNN interview when he was asked was actually cor correct according to every RCT. And then once he changed that, it was like, then that's just what it is now. And, you know, like he, so it really felt like, wow, this guy is really a spokesperson. And I had only known of Fauci because of, because of AIDS epidemic. Uh, prior to any of this, you know, and I didn't know oh, much about okay. other other yeah. than you know, that because I got really into the origins of of the AIDS thing after I years ago I saw a BBC documentary um, I think believe called the Origin of AIDS, and uh, that uh, goes into the polio vaccine and how the first oh, so, yeah they, so <laughs> they go through the basically in that documentary they debunk it and then they visit the site and basically debunk their debunking. And so oh, you wow. got like great documentary. You got to watch it all the way through for that reason that it kind of flips around because they're just look, what is the deal? And it's pretty objective, you know, it's just, That's cool. so, yeah, they go to the site and they find the, the cages that they rounded up the apes to use their blood to administer the oral polio vaccine. Uh, I believe it's polio. Right. 
tripping. Uh, yeah, but uh, I th- I think so. I, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but that's how I. I'd have to. It's been a while. All this has been a while. But yeah, I I looking into that. It's like AZT. So you know, Fauci said that AZT was safe and effective way back when, and that turned out to not be true at all. Um, so it's just you know he has this history as a spokesperson, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't mean that nothing that comes out of his mouth has any value. But when people take everything that's said as gospel, that's when it starts to look like the relig- religiosity that I grew up with. Because I'm yeah. like, okay, no, you, you're talking about a belief. Your belief may or may not be true, but let's be clear, it's a belief. And if you're telling everyone what to do based on a belie- belief, that's dangerous. Yeah, that's what, it's, that, yeah. it's like denial underneath all that. You know, it, it, it's a it's a total abject refusal to interact with the uncertainty of the situation it's a lot of fear underneath it usually um people want to they 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 need somebody to be giving them the the straight dope you know mm-hmm. uh i mean i i felt i felt that like I, i'm not even sort of like criticizing my fellow humans necessarily <laughs> like mm-hmm. i uh I, I have the same reaction like i remember when um when the death tolls were really rising here in New York and every day was, was we were looking at these pyramidal graphs and every, everyone was talking Co- about the apex yeah. and all this. Co- Coleman Cuomo, yeah. Cuomo was on, on YouTube <laughs> and on TV, I assume, I don't, I don't know, on, uh, every day talking about, about the numbers and just following the data and all this stuff. And it was like, it's hilarious to think now after his like sexual harassment scandal and all the rest of it. Um, but at the time, people were, were saying like, "Oh, he's so presidential," you know, <laughs> Cuomo, right. you know. And and I and I, I I like I felt that energy in in my own body. I was like, ah, at least there's this guy who's doing a competent, good job at something at at you know, holding us together in some kind of a narrative. And we mm-hmm. we needed a narrative to believe in and invest in, precisely because we we didn't want to deal with the scariness of the reality that we were in a total free fall situation where pretty much anything could fucking happen, you know? Right. Any, um, anything could happen. That was the thing. It was like, yeah. we, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't, we really don't know. And that was true in all directions. So like, totally. you know, people yeah. would say, yeah, yeah. But, uh, okay. Jordan wants to, okay. So I'm trying to open up our chat here so I can send you, I just took a screenshot just now of the very top of my, um, saved art my archive data from facebook and uh do you see that hold on i'm gonna take my phone away from my face for a second oh yeah you're on the phone i forgot shit i thought you were on the computer yeah i see it so you see the date on there yeah that's what it was i said 2019 i was wrong okay okay i got it all the way up to september 2020 yeah yeah and then and then and then i got uh removed after that so there's you know, uh, I got removed in t- the beginning of 2022. Is that correct? Something like that. I don't know. I forget. I, all I have to do is look at when my activity started on um, on Twitter to know when that was, if I want to be accurate. I'm so nervous that, I, that I'm going to get kicked off YouTube at some point. At YouTube? Oh, yeah. No, I know. That's the thing. YouTube, it's so, it's so stress-inducing. I mean, you got... That's what I was saying. You got stuff from uh, us there, and you're just analyzing the film. You're watching the film, and you're scribbling and explaining. And Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool, though. Can you tell me, like, some stuff about us that you that oh. you came up with? Because I, I need to watch that, but, like... Sure. Do you think um, it stands out? 
dude, your Hellraiser shit blew my mind. And I was discussing it recently on a podcast that I do with Andreas uh, called Sync Tank. I don't know if you know about that. I need to send you links to that or ha- and have you as a guest. Oh, somebody just hit me up on YouTube about appearing on that show with you. <laughs> so I j- it just came into my field. Oh, that must have been Andreas. So I sent, Andreas. I, yeah. I sent Andreas initiation and I said, dude, you got to watch this. We got to have this guy on. Um, cool. I'd love to do that. Sweet. Uh, and so, uh, but I brought up the Hellraiser thing cause I watched like, did I, I don't think I finished all of it cause it's all God, three dude, films or whatever. Fucking Hellraisers. Yeah. yeah well, I, yeah, dude, yeah. the first one was released on nine 11. The third one was yep. released on nine 11. Yeah. So, so is, uh, so is the second one, I think. No, no, it's been a while. Maybe just the first and the third. I thought there were right. three. I thought there were three 9-11 bingos. There's like 13 movies or, or something like that. So maybe it's one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'd be interested yeah, to see no. that. If you if you know, if you have like documents. or I mean, I could go through and check myself. But that would take a minute. But um, if you do know that, I would like to watch that Hellraiser. Because when I see cool. so many Hellraiser sequels, it's like I the, most of these are probably. But if there's one that was also released on 9-11, then that's the other one to watch. Yeah, yeah. Hellraiser 3 is like, it's like, sometimes I think I'm going to go into that movie when I die or something. Like, that's going to be my purgatory, you know? Oh, that's absolutely, that's fucking terrifying, dude. Really? Yeah. Like, like I just, that movie, that that movie was the first time that I really, like, this whole dimension of the 9-11 sync web just, like, opened up to me in that movie in, in a way that it hadn't before. And it's still, it's still like the, the things that movie showed me about this are just, those are the things. Those are the things that are burned into my soul that prevent me from feeling like, like I can relate to anybody or anything going on planet Earth anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Dude, how um, the fuck? I, I hate that movie. I love that movie. I hate that. I don't know what I feel about that movie. Dude, it's yeah, it's even got the two towers on the fucking cover poster. Yeah, it sure does. Movie. Yeah. It's like, for real, though? For real? And then I guess there's that art center at Ground Zero. Did they end up actually building it, or was it just something that was conceptualized? Do you know the cube? The cube space? Yeah, yeah. Like the... The, 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 it's the, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a performance hall. Um, I think it's still, uh, last time I checked, it was still underway. Maybe it got suspended for COVID or something. I haven't looked into that in a long time. That would be a good thing to look up. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I've seen pictures, but I guess those are just maybe conceptual. It was, it was certain. It, yeah, yeah. There were there were renders and stuff that were going around. Um, it was definitely planned, and and like the internet definitely, like non-sync sources, picked up on on the correspondence to Hellraiser right away. Well, here's the thing, though, dude. That place, whatever, the sphere. When you it used to be that if you just typed into Google the sphere, <sighs> yeah, you get it. And so, like between the towers, that sphere, we know as a matter of fact, Jake Coates will love to point this out, but that that was representative of the Kaaba at Mecca. How in the fuck is that not what's being communicated with Hellraiser? Oh yeah, totally, totally. I mean, it's it's just it's just part of that. <laughs> <laughs> that cube energy so it goes it goes straight to right angel Mecca to some and, 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 to others. and all the rest of it yeah 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 what the hell and so yeah so that's that's dot but like there's a crazy... well well clive barker is is like a authentic occultist as far as i can figure out he seems to be very deep into real yeah. magic yeah i read i, I read weave world when I, I, was, I was young 
And that was fucking weird, man. That was a really weird experience. Like, it's like, you know, I read the never-ending story, you know, and that gets crazy. The second half yeah. is really yep, yep. It's a beautiful fucking story. But Weave World was, like, messed up. Like, I felt like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, ah, oh, man. It was like what the what the the Arabian Nights must have been like for people at the time, you know. It's like we world was. I don't know how to say it. The thief of always too. He's he's great in his comic books and all this stuff, you know. He's, but um, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. So I think us. he wrote that around the same time that he directed Hellraiser. It's it's all in a tight space of like a few years at the end of the eighties. There anyway. What we've world or thief of always? We've world. Okay. I think Clive Barker wrote Weave World like while he was working on the adaptation of Hellbound Heart uh, into Hellraiser. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's true. Or or, oh. or they or they or they were just just separated by like a, a year or something like that. They're, they're very close. Hellraiser I, Two was always my favorite. Hellraiser Two is if, if you like Hellraiser Two, you should watch the reboot on Hulu if you haven't already. Um, it 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 ties into Hellraiser Two lore, like like the Leviathan is in it uh you know the big diamond lament configuration or whatever and uh and they call it leviathan it's been so long dude i haven't watched fucking hellraiser, hellraiser 2 in years yeah yeah they call it it's it's known as the leviathan yeah the thing at the center of the maze Crazy. Uh, cenobite dimension or whatever the fuck it even supposed to be in that movie <laughs> it's wow. a little hard to figure out but yeah <clears throat> yeah that's meaningful there's a whole thing there yeah uh yeah, wow. Crazy. So, so, I, so, us, tell, tell me about us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm like eject. I'm putting Hellraiser into the trash, and I'm opening. <laughs> opening <laughs> us. Uh, it's been a long time since I thought about us. Um, right. Um, so I, I tend to think in terms of 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 image similarity and kind right. of image genre categories and things like that so one thing i just say is overall i i strongly feel that us gives off um like medical trauma vibes in its imagery particularly at the end when they're down there in the subsurface facility you know where the all the 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 what are they called the 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 it's the name of the zombies. There's like they're doubles or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The, the, the doppelgangers. The, the, the they're zombies. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? We're Americans. Yeah, Us. yeah. Um, um. Anyway, down there where, where they were in, mm-hmm. in the research facility, it, it it just looks like a hospital. It's all these people in gowns. There's all these right. shops of like beds, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's like they're like explicitly like kind of like kind of like traumaed out people you know <laughs> they have these like wide-eyed stares and some of them don't speak and you know etc um and the, and then running throughout the course of the movie there's this whole thing with like there's like multiple shots of like dead bodies next to trucks and ambulances and things like that yes All totally the guy getting loaded this... up in the the homeless man getting loaded up totally. in the ambulance and he's got yeah. he's, he's got a sign that says jeremiah eleven eleven. is that what it is Yep, yep. What is Jeremiah eleven eleven? Have we looked that up? Do you remember? Um uh, I, I did that as part of the of part of the Sixth Century episode, but I, I okay. don't remember now. Um I have to look it up again myself. It, it, Jeremiah, I'm gonna do it. Jeremiah eleven eleven. 
What is that one? Therefore, thus said the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Right. So it's, it's an disaster. apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. an apoc- apocalyptic disaster thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Continue. The, uh, the, uh, it, it's got that, it's this particular kind of quality to it, you know, where you, 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 it's as if the film is telling you that it's going to be precognitively loaded. Like in the same way that Back to the Future is constantly saying, you know, there's the message about the future. I have to warn you about this, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. there's that kind of quality to it. There's, there's, there's stuff about like a, like the, one of the very first things that he sh- shows you, right. is the TV. And you see an image of the twin towers mm-hmm. on the television. Yes. And then, and then it also shows a thing that says, um, it's like a weather forecast about an upcoming storm. So it's about, you know, weather forecasting is about predicting the future and it's telling you that this storm is going to come in the future right after it shows you an image of the Twin Towers on a TV, which I take to be emblematic of precognition in cinema in general. Right. And then, and then uh, uh, 11-9 elected Donald Trump uh, said that the storm is coming. You know? Right. And it's like, well, what right. is that storm that he's speaking of? You know, so um, ominous. You see this picture? Just... Do you see this picture I sent you? Oh, let me see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands across America. Yeah, totally. Um, it it yeah, it's so fucked up that that whole thing because 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 you know I I've got this this whole weird research area to do with the the red twins. That's literally what this movie is. It's just like doppelgangers dressed in red. Yeah, you know? totally. <laughs> you see you see um, the red and the red the red and the blue in Hands yep. Across America for red, white, and blue, obviously. Totally. But uh, they're all in red. The twins are all in in red. So, like, oh. if we were if we were equating this with the with the towers, the the IE pillars, you have Joaquin and Boaz, the 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 tops of the pillars of the of the lower worlds. What connects those, the pathway of Tet, as far as I'm concerned, that's Philippe Petit or however you say his name, the guy the guy who, that the walk is about. Yep, yep, yep. And so, like that wire, that strength, that's. Um, you know that that determines the strength of the kingdom. But for somebody to come up from below, from you know, from elsewhere, even from France, the Statue of Liberty—how perfect is that to have somebody like walking back and forth? It's like it's a de- it's, it's the symbolism of that. Like like what you were kind of speaking in the first place, where you said about us, and you say like the imagery speaks its own. Like it's 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 yes, like that's yes. how hieroglyphs work. That's how tarot works. Like something communicates something without like so we're like it's to try and verbalize work. that. It's how yeah. exactly that's everything. Yeah. That's the red book yeah. that you just said it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what the fuck man with the, cause the hands across America, the scissors, cause you cut them out with the scissors yes. to make the people, you know, to, to have the people attached like the, the snowflake trick. Right. Yep. But we're all called snowflakes too. Right. If you're, if not, we all, but people uh-huh. ref, like the phenomenon of the snowflake. Uh-huh. And then they're I, cut, I don't cut. think I thought of that really. The snowflake thing with paper you're talking about yeah 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 i see i see interesting yeah. uh-huh so like they're all imitating that and it's our shadow that's con- that's wanting to connect and so yes. what so and then at and and then violently killing people so here we have the shadow wanting to connect and basically the shadow wanting to like replace the people mm. the people themselves mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like at a sacrifice 
of ourselves, our shadows are trying to connect. So like all the I, the isolation, because this is the thing, it's like, what's the word, what's the, it's like there was a, there was a cart, or there was an image that came out from R. Crumb, like at, towards the beginning of like uh, uh, saying hello from France to America. And it's somebody lunging forward with their left hand to shake your hand, smiling all big. <laughs> and how we got to the point that somebody just jumping to shake your hand could be the most subversive thing. Yeah. So like that was like the, you know, at the time when he did that, it was like, oh, that's. And you're like just shaking your hand. So hands across America, what that represented, we're like, let's all hold hands and be yeah. together as one. And this is everyone stay inside, avoid everybody. Well, so th this specific image of the, the red people holding hands is extremely close to the, the social distance language that we saw on signs all over the place in COVID. They all had these little like bathroom it, like gender indicator people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. th that, that like basic, like, uh, uh, like stick figure basically of a person like in red usually. Um, and, and then in, in a chain, in a line like that to represent that you're supposed to space out. Right. So it's, it's the it's, opposite, but it's the same thing at the same time. Well, it just, and the issue of like touching hands and sanitizing right. hands the hands were like a vector in COVID. So it kind of right. combines these various aspects of it t together. And then I think also, um, so this next part is, is part of like a long chain of like images of the CDC visualization of the virus appearing in us. It shows up a, a number of times. Um, but the, the big kind of trick of the movie to me is, is the last shot where it, it shows you like it's like a helicopter shot and you yes. see that the chain has been like like instantiated historically. It's like it's literalized now. There's like a bunch of people like like red people all over this planet. And it's kind of like gray, green, sort of brown hillside, you know, and the right. CDC visualization is just a big gray sphere with red triangles on it. And so those two ideas of like like the red, the red twins covering the earth <laughs> and the little red triangles covering the gray virus sphere are Im imagistically very close um i think the other place i remember it happening strongly and i i, I can't call, recall in my head exactly how strong the match was but was um on the beach you know there's that beach scene where they discuss synchronicity explicitly when she, looked, when she looks at the the blanket or whatever, when the frisbee yeah, lands on yeah, it, yeah, the frisbee, it, the fucking frisbee is some right. kind of COVID molecule looking <laughs> looking thing. Um, Doesn't it have a pentagram on it? It does. It has a red star, but a red star is a bunch of red triangles. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes, "Ever since we came here, all these coincidences have been happening." Exactly. Exactly. And then we get, you know, it's like a, it's like, you know, it's like a red spike ball. It's basically, you know, a star on a Frisbee is right. if you just, if you just increased the size of the star so that somehow it was larger than the Frisbee <laughs> so that its points would stick off the edge, it would be like a, like a pretty dead on image match for the, for the CDC viz. Um, it's like one operation away from like, being very precise, you know. <laughs> mm. 
but uh, uh, it also happens. They make a mandala in the underworld. Are they called the tethered or something like that? They go the the, uh, the uh, untethering, which is what I name my sync with it. Oh, okay. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're they're tethered and they're going to be untethered. Right. Well, they make this big mandala out of out of the little red people and out of scissors, and it's it's another big spike ball with red elements all over it. You know. Um, what scene is that? Where is that? It's it's towards the end. Um, it it happens in the underground facility. Hmm. It's like in a in a classroom. Oh yeah yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's on on the board. She has them drawn out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Or, or and then she, and then she the holds board? it out. She's holds it in front of him with the people being you know uh, in I red. I can't remember. I uh, I might be conflating scenes here. It might just be two separate scenes, but it, it's around that time in the movie. Mm, it's basically okay. it's part of the like arts and crafts show. Yeah. Oh no, I got it. I can there, I can you know? I can see I can see it in my head. Where are the? There's no um, like workers. You yeah. know what I mean. Like, like are they like or anything. scientists yeah. or anything? It's just them down there. Like this is such a this <laughs> yeah, this this movie mo- this movie. As far as I'm concerned, this is the real sequel, if you want to call it that. This is like you know how the box was related to Donnie Darko. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So yep. like so like this movie is what the box is to Donnie Darko as the sh- as the Shining. Oh, this geez. is to the yeah. Shining. Yeah, yeah. So like the Shining is a symbolism movie. Like this is not. A movie. I see that right be, away. I, to, I feel that in it aesthetically. Even they're somehow. both it, like crazy Jungian and beyond. Yeah. They're just like meta narratives. Yeah. And it's just like there's like so like uh, this is crazy because this is so fucking. I have I, I have to talk about us and listen to anything you have to say on us because like when when I saw yeah. us I saw it in the theaters with my dad um, when it released and I came out of that movie and I said to my dad. <laughs> This is a movie about something terrible in the future. I can't tell you what it is yet, but I just can tell. Yeah, that, you know, totally. Like this is telling. Um, I got the same thing from Midsommar, actually. Mm, oh That's god, I, I haven't watched that one yet. Really, I've only watched it in the context of your sync. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually watched it. Well, that works. All the all the the volume between the vocals actually does tell you what the basic stuff mm. is. You know, for the most yeah. Part. So so like I picked up the the basics, but I haven't like synced into it. You know, what yeah. I mean? Was it uh, Michael Allen's? girlfriend who he named her, her name is um brie and so that's why his place is called digital debris in in la do you know you know what i'm talking about michael allen are you friends friends with him online or whatever i don't movie. know i'm not sure i, I think I've i did i did like a, of, but I'm not yeah sure if i actually know him directly there was like a gallery show and a screening that i that i did at his um at his place in la uh but his <laughs> his girlfriend watched that sink before she met me and she looks like he was just watching it and she walked in and she did not know. She watched like over half of it before he <laughs> said something that she realized that I that wasn't that. just the movie. She thought it was just a crazy art film. She was just like, this is what they made. Like she thought that that was the film, like, cause she hadn't seen Midsommar and she hadn't heard the album. Oh, that's amazing. So, I, I was like, that. wow, that's a huge compliment. Cool. You didn't even know it was a sync film. Crazy. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, um, <laughs> us takes place in Santa Cruz. You know that. Yeah. So yep. I'm in I'm in Santa Cruz, born and raised in Santa Cruz. Um, it's like the thing about like why Santa Cruz was chosen has to do with the Lost Boys, right? Yeah. According to Jordan Peele, and so and yeah. so the the, the Lost Boys, that. yeah. Fuck, so the Lost yeah. Boys, that's super Thelema. 
even if you you know if you've ever looked at the main poster or cover of the Lost Boys, the way that Lost Boys sure. is written, look at the letters that are smaller, the smaller, less emphasized letters. There's only three of them, and it's in order O T O. I'm opening the poster right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Um. Oh. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. Right yeah. There. So memory goes that yeah. uh, when she says her name is Star, and he goes, "Oh, your parents too." And she goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Ex hippies." He goes, "I came this close to being named something like Moonchild." Uh, Moonchild yeah, is Alistair sure. Crowley's second That's novel right. after Diary yeah, of a yeah. Drug Fiend. But like even beyond that, you're like, "There's Shin with the Fang." What vampires represent in terms, you know, that whole trip? Justice. It's yeah. the it's the Justice card or Judgment card, not Justice. Judgment in tarot corresponds to Shin. In the writer deck, it has the three people getting out of the coffins. It's it's referencing the prophecy in the book of Isaiah where it says the dead will rise. And what what rises the dead but tall? It's the it's the dew. This is the reason why when you watch zombie movies, how fucking frequently they have Mountain Dew show up. It's not just product placement. They put Mountain Dew there because tall... The Hebrew for dew is what rises the dead, it raises the dead in the book of Isaiah. So it's the prophecy connected mm-hmm. to the Messiah. So like Christianity is all based off of the prophecy in Isaiah along with the scapegoat ritual. So they took the scapegoat and they, they attached it. That's basically, in a nutshell, you know, that's what Christianity is. Um but, I'm very uh, curious to see these mount these mountain dews. I haven't I haven't noticed that in zombies. Okay, dews. okay. So um, if you watch uh, uh, um, what is the X one World War Z? I mean, not X X Z. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, World War Z. I've seen that. There's uh, like so before, there's a there's a coke thing. machine that drops a bunch of cokes out and it catches the zombies' attention. The cokes that roll out of it, the cans are Mountain Dew. Uh, oh, in, okay. In, yeah. in, I do in, remember that scene. In in Invasion uh, with um, Nicole Kidman, uh, she's chugging Mountain Dew to stay awake at the beginning, and then they flash back to the same scene with her with the Mountain Dew at towards the end. So they like they you know so they jump in. They do uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines intro where it's just like okay now you're in the midst of the craziness, and then it goes back like how did we get here? And they use the Mountain Dew as part of that. Um, another one is uh, the the comedy with Bill Murray about zombies called The Dead. What is it? The I don't know. I don't know about that one at all. What the fuck? I, I, Bill Murray zombie comedy? Yeah. I need to watch that immediately. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Han Solo and Princess Leia's son who turns evil and J.J. Abrams Star Wars. Uh, the Dead Don't name? Die? Is that, no, yeah, The Dead Don't Die. Yeah. yeah. So oh, in, wow. in the oh, dead don't Jim Jarmusch movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I've got to watch this right away. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. The ending's kind of like meh. They just did whatever. Uh, They're it's like, got oh, all fuck the it. usual Jarmusch people. The fucking Tom Waits is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, oh yeah. Uh, it was worth. You gotta. You gotta see it at least once. Yeah. But uh, the guy that works in like a. I think I. It's been a while. I've only seen it once. But it, I think it was like a Halloween type store or whatever. And he's he's working there. He, you'll just notice he's drinking Mountain Dew. Um, okay. There's it's a it's a reoccurring theme in zombie movies because it's got biblical implications. So basically, tall in Hebrew, the gematria of tall is thirty nine. If you, um, I've told you this before in regards to the initiation thing. Yes. Yeah. So so you know forty is the is the gematria of water as mem mem is water. It's forty. Um, the value of the letter itself, 
yeah. which is we see in the uh, uh, with the hanged hanged man in tarot, which was a man suspended above water. And so um, you have uh, you have tall is thirty nine, but if you add up the gematria of yud hey vav spelled out with olives so like the gematria of tetragrammaton yud hey vav hey is 26 in hebrew we know that yep. but if you spell it out the way it sounds because this is a thing just like with the letters like with with um you know like if you're gonna if you're gonna sp- like if you just spell out mem it would be two mems right because it's mem uh-huh, uh-huh. you know yeah. so like in the equivalent like if you spell out yud hey vav hey using olives so you you know you um you spell out yud you got um yud uh all of dalit right and yeah. then if you have um hey you have hey olive and then if you have vav you have vav i believe olive vav and yeah, then yeah, yeah. so just that without the final hey equals 39 which is the value of tall which is what uh, uh brings the dead back to life in Isaiah, but anyway, if you add the if you then add the final hay to that thirty nine with an olive, then you get uh, forty five, which is the gematria of Adam. So uh, Adam, yeah, right. Adam, male right. and female created the archetypal template that is the same value yeah, as Yehovah. Yeah, because because forty five appears in the in the um, Last Crusade sequence too, doesn't it? Isn't that right? I'm pretty sure. Does it? That. Does it? Does it? Yeah, it must. Yeah, I think I think I think it it's broken down into into a, into a couple of forty fives and something else at one point or something something like that, or it's or maybe it's no, I think it's actually it's just in the time code. It's just right there in the time code. It's, it's like thirty two, thirty three, and then the next one is like forty four, forty five, or something or something like that. Or it ends yeah. Up 45. So what? I don't so what happens, numbers now? Yeah. It's been so long. But what happens yeah. to Jesus? He rises from the dead, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, thirty nine lashes. The yeah. Um, mythology is it's, it's appropriate to find it there in Indiana Jones. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah. so what the fuck? Um, yeah. I, I, like, <laughs> uh, as I love as that I, one. That is so, such, a, that's such a crazy circle of, of connective tissue there. Yeah. Dude, like I watched Initiation and I was like, surely he no, the, I'm watching somebody who's aware of the like in relationship to this because you have the the No, you know, I had the, no idea. I was just following the pattern in the movie <laughs> authentically to the best of my uh, ability. <laughs> yeah, a 40-day flood, you know, the relationship of the of the 40 to the 39. And but that's that's the the other component is is tall it awakens the dead. So th- so so do you know the the dude with the tiles all around New York? Yeah, that right. So like, and on Jupiter, and yeah. what it what is Jupiter? Yeah. Resurrect yeah. dead on Jupiter. Fuck yeah. yeah. So like, so like that's the thing with two thousand one. It's the Star Child. That's the Messiah. It's the flip side of Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby and two thousand one of Space Odyssey. I can't emphasize enough. They're the same, two sides of the same movie. Rosemary's Baby is treating it from the Klepo, which mirror Tetragrammaton, which is the thing. So that's why when you're when you're watching two thousand one of Space Odyssey and you're ascending up the tree in order, planet to planet, you go from the Earth to the Moon. It's Jupiter and beyond the infinite. Jupiter is the last planet in the lightning flash. Which is a serpent in the other direction ascending the Kabbalistic tree as that seven 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 lightning flash. So uh-huh. t- so so that's the beyond the infinite is beyond Da'at, which is essentially Metatron. 
so that's that's the crazy thing when you're looking at like the cube like the hellraiser cube and they're like the cube is a is a portal into hell it's like it's angel to some demons to others the point is is that he's like enshrouding whatever that mystery is with our most scariest guess of what could what that could be so it's like trying to create fear out of what's on the other side what's in the box you know Mm. Mm. like i'm crazy dude like i don't like i think like when i watch seven and he's like what's in the box all i'm seeing is like i'm like dude the movie's seven you're saying, yeah, the seven deadly sins, but you have the seven lower worlds. You have the seven sephiroth of the of the tree. And then what's in the box? The box is Metatron. It's what's above you. Yeah. No, no. I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy at all. I th- I think I think this stuff is is like I, I think that all of these esoteric systems are orbiting around some shared truth that is the same truth that is animating the like weird areas of these movies. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just um I don't really yeah. know how else to explain the things I've seen in these movies because I I, I perceive alchemical metaphors everywhere. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Totally I hear that. Uh, but but the amazing thing is you can tell me about these Kabbalistic uh uh aspects and like I I objectively see those there too. Of course alchemy and Kabbalah are like in, intimate intimately inter- tied. Inter- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's just the thing. They're all, aren't they all, all of these, so is Salima. <laughs> all of these esoteric systems are, are intimately tied together because they're, they're all close to the mystery. Right. It's quite a kicker when you think of, of all the different secret, secret, not so secret societies that are out there. Not so secret in the sense that you can read publications and stuff of what people had to say about what they're about, but like they share the same symbol sets. So like when you're like, oh, there's this people and these people and these people over here and whatever, and they're at odds and different views of whatever their ideologies or whatever ideas around things. But then meanwhile, they're using the same simple sets, which I think is extremely significant. Personally. Totally. Like, yeah. It's just like, what it, the hell, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like we're just we're just autonomously attracted to certain symbols <laughs> right whatever it is that we are yeah we well, keep, it, go, it we goes back using these same same ideas same pictures over and over and over again kind of thoughtlessly often but sometimes not but even when it's thoughtless it still manages to be it still manages to fall in the right place that's the crazy thing right it still carries all the, all the significance it's even more amazing really when that's the case I think. Right. Because I mean, this is, yeah, exactly. Like we, we could go on forever about how artistically us seems to predict COVID-19, but then so does, um, event 201, doesn't it? And so Mm -hmm. does, you know, um, the writings of Klaus Schwab and, you know, like the, like, uh, there's tangled (laughs) and tangled. Yeah. Yeah, and Bubble Boy, yeah, no, that was fun. That was that was oh shit, weird, dude. Weird Bubble Boy. Okay, I had not thought about Bubble Boy. I didn't even remember Bubble Boy's existence, really. But yeah, Bubble Boy in relation. Oh, fuck, it's a Donnie Darko movie too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's Jake it, Hall. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, I gotta rewatch that. Yeah. Oh, Bubble Boy. Yeah, I watched that. I rewatched that right when the beginning of the pand the pandemic. I had to. That's a good. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's really yeah. Because because that's the thing. His mom reads to him Rapunzel, 
And so oh, she, she, okay, she, fuck. Oh, I don't. Wow. I don't think she actually yeah, says yeah, in yeah. the land of Corona, but that would be pretty good if she actually. So, like in in the movie Rapunzel, when the guy's like going to steal the crown, because that's the reason why it's called Corona, because Corona's crown. He's right. stealing a crown, like he's suspended, and there's like guards or whatever, and he sneezes, and they say, and he says, uh, "Hay fever," and then like, oh, and then he uh, like has to run away with the crown or whatever. But it's like. You know, that's a, but yeah, no, just basically just it's worth saying because this is we should all know the obvious thing. But yeah, COVID-19, 19 of the arcana is the sun and the sun is the meaning of of the rays of the sun or corona. So like and the relationship of the sun to the moon and tarot, you know, they're, they you can superimpose. You can actually do a, a trick I could find it on my computer and send it to you if I maybe. But uh, you know, we, have you ever seen like if you overlay the sun and the moon, uh, of the major arcana, uh, using the Thoth deck, what that transparency looks like? No, I haven't. I'd be really interested to see that though. So it 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 makes it so that Cancer, the crab, uh, aligns itself. So that's on the sun card, and it makes it so it aligns itself with the bottom of the moon card, where it it shows a scarab in Crowley's deck, but in the old in the rider deck, it was um, like a like a crustacean, and not just the rider, the Marseille tarot too, I believe. Is that maybe not actually? I'd have to mm. check. I forget how the moon looks in Marseille tarot, but anyway, yeah, it's a crustacean there. So you have a crustacean aligns itself from the sun into in, into the moon because they're related. So like the whole thing is like ah, it's like it's crazy because there's no dark side of the moon. You know, it's all dark, whatever. But like when you're looking, like 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 what in that sense like the 19 being the sun and how that expresses itself uh in tarot like it's like the uh, the notion of an eclipse is embedded in the you know in the coronavirus you know it's super weird interesting interesting well it's embedded in 9-11 too right you know joe Joe points out he points he points it out how does joe point it out Oh, in Back to the Future predicts, you know, because it's the it's the 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 twins, the sun mm-hmm. and the moon, um, merged to become the one world trade. We become the one world. So yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, totally. It's that it's that basic union of opposites motif. Yeah. Right. So they treat that it that way, right? So, so like the sun and the moon are in Masonic halls specifically. Mm. So the Masonic treatment, which is not to say that that's necessarily <laughs> the the Kabbalistic traditional view of those pillars like this is the sun and this is the moon but the masons certainly adopt that that notion um interesting i time. wish i knew more about the masons i, I really only <laughs> predictable for me i really only know them through their their pictures um i love their tracing boards i, th- I think i think the masonic tracing boards are like very very good esoteric wisdom wise uh yeah I enjoy them. Yeah, um, I like I like Mary Baker Eddy. No, not Mary Baker Eddy. That's this Christian Science crazy lady. Um, Lady Frida, <laughs> Lady Frida Harris, who paint who painted Crowley's deck. Those are all huge paintings, you know. Like and oh yeah, as yeah, far more than were made that make up the seventy eight were burned. You know, uh, he'd make her do them over and over and over again, uh, and just tell her the symbolism. And so she was playing well, the right right pillar, and he was playing the left because she supposedly had no exposure to occultism prior to that. So he wanted somebody, he wanted an artist that he could basically just like put through it to, to produce these pieces. 
but it was important that they come just from an artistic place and not from like a compartmentalizing knowledge place. And so he, he was essentially playing the left pillar. She was playing the right. And that ritual goes into the creation of what it is. And they're all huge paintings. I have no idea where the fuck they are today. Wow. But, you know. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that, that they're actually massive. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they're big old paintings. Yeah, it's just fucking nuts how much work went into those. It's unreal. And they never, neither of them in their lifetimes, ever saw them produced as cards. Really? Really. When were they first released as cards? I don't know. The fucking 60s or 50s? Probably 60s. I don't know. I see. I see. <laughs> God, I'm, just look, I'm just looking at, at some of these again. They, they are so wild. Oh, the curly, curly cards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the curly cards, yeah. yeah. And just Frida Harris stuff in general like oh yeah yeah totally yeah amazing let's send you a video if i can let everyone know they're being recorded i'm supposed to let you know you're being recorded hey you're being recorded oh we talked about that i think right? no i know i'm joking it's just i see it now where it's like more privacy info info oh, let everyone yeah, yeah. know right 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 I closed a couple windows and I'm looking at the Lost Boys poster again. Yeah, I, I I can't like movie posters that have people with sunglasses looking kind of directly at camera just mm -hmm. always make me feel like the movie is going to have some kind of enhanced content for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind I, I it's kind I, of telling. It's like it's it's as if it's saying you know watch the movie through a different. Um, pair of glasses or something you know uh-huh yeah well are you are you invoking the um they live thing is that what's happening totally there? yeah 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 well, i think yeah that, that they live probably is the, the most like major example of it i i guess yeah dude i had such a fucking good sync that i can't retrieve it was so complicated uh i made a video and it was I, I produced a super low low resolution and i wish i could do it over now because i wish i had all the components but it was like it was mogwai it was like two mogwai albums with um fucking teen wolf the lost boys oh uh bright lights big city oh and, yeah and fuck what was the other ones god damn it oh gremlins Ooh, and like, dude, 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 there's, there's some crazy shit going on. I think there was one other one in there, but the sunglasses thing, cause it's in, it's like, so Teen Wolf, all about the sunglasses all the way through. There's a whole, the sunglass riff. And then obviously Lost yeah. Boys sunglasses. Yeah. When he turns yeah. into a vampire, starts wearing the sunglasses all the time. And then there's, um, at the end of Bright Lights Big City, he hands the glasses over to trade for bread. And it's so symbolic. It's him reconciling the death of his mother and oh, wow. how like his addiction was tied to his mother's death. And his mother is the mother in the Lost Boys. Okay. So like more it's in Sorry Cassandra. I've never seen Bright Lights. I, I need to get around to that. It's a it's a it's a it's Keith Sutherland and Michael J. Fox with the mother from the Lost Boys. And Crazy. Keith Sutherland is a total cokehead, and Michael J. Fox is a cokehead, but he's and oh, and the girl, what's her name from Gremlins, the main girl, the the 
who had her father died in the chimney. Oh yeah, um, I forgot her name. Kate. Yes. Ooh, ooh, wow, you're impressive. Something Phoebe Cates. Is that the name of the actor? That's maybe. Sounds true. I think that's right. Yeah, Kate. Kate. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I thought it was just. Oh, I can't remember what her name was in the movie, but. Anyway, yeah, so it's her, and then it's him dealing, it's Michael J. Fox dealing with this whole situation with her, but yeah, it's, it all comes down to the wow, sunglasses at the end, not, and then it goes not. to the two towers, you know? I'm, I'm looking at screenshots of, of Bright Lights Big City. I, I can already tell this is going to be just full of all this terrible 9-11 stuff. <laughs> totally. I'm going to like watch this tonight. Totally, but as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, dude, this is the thing. There was, I tripped the fuck out, so I was playing it with them with Mogwai, these guys all together, and this whole thing is is okay, okay. So the gremlins are the coke, like the coke, the coke and the gr- gremlins are completely connected. And like I can't like you have to watch it. It's like one of those examples where the visual just speaks to its own. Because what was this shit, man? That they call. Oh, what? Hold on, hold on. There's components here that I'm. They always go into the bathroom, and then the to do the coke. Throughout Bright Lights, Big City, it's all like, oh, Coke is a fucking bathroom thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, he's the the father in Gremlins is trying to sell the ba- the, ba- the bathroom buddy. Buddy, the bathroom buddy, yeah. The bathroom buddy that, has, that ne- doesn't work. It's all fucking broken. It's a piece of shit. But he's pitching it like it's this great thing. And he's like, but not if you have the bathroom buddy. And it's like, that was the story of like the Coke. The Coke is like, presented. it's like, oh, it's this fucking great thing. And then you're like, no. And it's just like the fucking gremlins too. It's like, you know what? This thing doesn't have to be a problem. Coca is fine. Just don't fucking just follow these basic rules. And, mm-hmm. and it won't spiral out into this giant, unstoppable fucking problem. And I was just, uh, I mean, that was the the idea. They're like, with with the Mogwai comes great responsibility. The Mogwai is a demon. Mogwai means, it's Chinese for demon. Mm-hmm. And in the original script of Gremlins, the Chinese stewardess, uh, excuse me, flight attendant on the plane fucking tells him that. He says, uh-huh. oh, it's a Mogwai. And she goes, it's a demon? They remove that. Yeah, you can find that, though. That's the original, original script of Gremlins. That's amazing. I'd love to read that script. Yeah. I'm quite obsessed with both Gremlins movies and just Joe Dante in general. Mm-hmm. Those movies are so fucking insane. Inner Space is the craziest trip. Uh, the, oh, whole the, the movie Inner Space? That movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His big. Uh, That's fucking, fucking um, Martin Short yeah. <laughs> movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about the particulars of, of what was in it because they go into the rabbit initially, right? Or the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, it's supposed to go into the rabbit, and then the guy yeah. steals the thing, and then it goes into him. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it yeah. was the white rabbit trip, and they make reference to the so yeah, the yeah, Alice in Wonderland yeah. connection to like everything, everything, everywhere. Um, but yeah. Well, but, so so in in inner space, there's like there's like. Uh, there's like a precognitive dream in the movie, like it, and it's just sitting there weirdly. It's never addressed really, but like Martin Short's character is having is having these dreams that the cash register is ringing up the incorrect prices, right? Right. And uh, and the, there's this lady with bright red hair. I remember. Crying. I can see her face, and she's so annoying and she's yeah hurry up or whatever yeah Uh, i forget the name of the actor but she's she's microwave with marge in gremlins 2 
Joe um, Dante is one of those directors that reuses the same people over and over again. Um, wait, who is she in Gremlins? In Gremlins 2. Oh, Gremlins 2. One of the oh, shows is being shot in the tower. I got gotcha. you. Microwave I can with see Marge. It. That's and right. That's she's right. She's got the, the bright red hair again, and like she's she's like cooking or whatever, and then like the Gremlins like blow up a microwave and all, all that stuff. Um. Anyway, um. Sorry, there's like <laughs> multiple weird components to this. Um. Um. I'm getting like a flash flood of visuals from um, Gremlins 2 with the experimentation. Oh, like the, fuck, the, dude. Because they're twins. Because yeah. they're the twins yep, yep, working yep, with, yep, the fucking, the with the fucking, with a demon. And Martin you're like, dude, and this, Martin, I think and, dude, and that's, that's how it fucking connects. Because you're looking at a fucking demon. That's why it's like, angel to some, demons to others with Pinhead. It totally is relatable to the it, whole I, fucking Gremlins thing. Exactly. Um, Exactly. He shows up in the um, box, you know. They got the little mogwai in the box, and he comes out of the box, and it's all the mysterious thing in the box. But so Martin Short's having these fucking dreams about about that lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to buy things at the grocery store where he works, and the cash register's freaking out, and it adds up to be this giant sum of money. And then she pulls out a gun, and that's when the dream ends. But then, reason, then, she, then she shows up in real life, and it turns out to be a lighter. That's right. But but it but what's happening in that scene in real life is that the the ship is already inside him, and the the electromagnetic pulse has been activated in it, and so it's making the cash register spaz out. The whole dream that he had plays out in real life exactly the way that he dreamed it. Right. And Joe Dante makes this whole point of like including that for f- some reason. Like it didn't need any of that exposition, really. You know, like the, the the grocery store scene when it happens for real could have just happened. Why do we bother to have this information that Martin right, Short had a right. like it's about kinda... it that he tells his general physician about for some reason? You know, it's not even like a psychologist. Yeah, he's going he's just kind of like it's physician. so like he wants weird. to tell anybody about it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. this is something that's bothering me. Can somebody want to listen and address what I'm experiencing? Um, but it's like it's like a weird like sync metaphor too, almost because it's like weird numbers on machines related to dream world precoggy shit and like. Oh, I gotcha. And and like something inside of you, like a little man, like a little other voice inside of you that kind of represents your opposite in some way. It's kind of how those two characters are configured in inner space, you know? Right. So, um, so Lepus is in front of um, the canine, whatever, Canis, whatever. The one that Sirius is the star of is the oh, eye yeah, of. Okay. So, like, the eye of the dog, of the dog constellation is fucking Sirius. And then that is behind Lepus, the rabbit. And then behind that is Apollo or whatever. So, the idea is, like, the hunter and his dog and the prey, right? All in mm-hmm. a line, All in a line or whatever. But I think it was uh, Kevin mm. Halcott who used to love to point out that um, what was it? How does it work? The boat, yes, the mm. supposedly from Egyptian zodiac stuff. The the boat that Anubis guides the soul through the underworld is Lepus. Wow! So what okay. became the rabbit was actually a boat for Anubis. Because supposedly the canine constellation corresponded to Anubis, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong, I forget. Um, 
I think Anubis is actually Greek, is it not? That's how I'd say it. Um, uh, oh yeah, maybe that's, that's 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 I think that's right. Sounds right. Sounds true. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, I was. It's it's a uh, it's worth mentioning because I feel like with inner space, their relationship, like that's the thing about like the you know following the white rabbit or whatever, is it's like it speaks to the underworld because it's the boat that guides the soul through the underworld to get their heart weight against a feather to determine your, your right, afterlife. Right, right, right. And that's 42 principles of Ma'at that are recited to determine the weight of your heart. And so that gets yeah. really trippy in regards to this stuff because that that's all over the place, man. I'm thinking about Stargate right now. Also, I just saw somebody wearing a crazy giant like onesie with a print of Anubis on it <laughs> on my bus ride on the way home. Oh, trippy. Um, Far from yeah. now, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um yeah uh anyway joe dante gremlins i just got i just got through um screen I, screen capping gremlins 2 just like all the shots that contain 9-11 sinks you just, just got like, through it again i mean i've watched no, your like, analysis like, of it before yeah but i but i but i went through and like cataloged it like i gave every shot a unique identifying number like it's, oh. it's like captured and organized. It's like 300 some so, images. Now oh my God. So in other words, like if you want to do a PowerPoint presentation yeah, yeah, no, exactly. on Gremlins like too, yeah. ready to go. Like, like and having like numbers to refer to these things as like, it makes me feel. Dude, good. could like, I just, could I just be a part like of that? Like can, you know? <laughs> can while, while you're doing this, can I just be on board for it? So it's like, dude, yeah, sure. Tri- I'll throw you, it up on Dropbox. You can't, you don't even know, dude, you trip me the hell out with the, lighting of the candle and i didn't know what i was where you're going or what i was watching i didn't realize you're just gonna we're good okay we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch this entire fucking movie and not only that i'm gonna pause it all the way through and point shit out and analyze the <laughs> hell out of it and it was like and i didn't know like when you were lighting the candle i was like wow he's putting a lot into like there's something happening here what's happening and yeah, no, that was that was really cool, man. But yeah, I would love to like. Thanks, if, man. If, that makes me feel really, really good. Oh yeah, and then I fucking watched hours of fucking an, an analyzing a fucking Hellraiser. I loved it. I loved it, and I recommended it to people, and I don't think any of them watched it. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, no, I no, think no, you, you may gotta... be the only the only person other than Ellen Waller that's watched any of, the, <laughs> of that Hellraiser thing. Oh my god. Um, yeah. yeah. That was fucking dope. And you it's incredible that like throughout, like that rotating pillar thing in Hellraiser 3 and all that shit. I'm sorry, just oh, to go back yeah, about it. It's geez, like yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah, please. So yeah, I'm very interested to do the same with whatever it is that you did with us, because that's that's what I wanna I wanna so like yeah, have I shown you my sync with that? Uh maybe. Say more about it. It's uh the shining us. The Shining mirrored against itself, so two screens. The Shining, opposite, and us abo- and us it. us wow, above. Like, I like with, where this is going. Yeah, with um Saul uh, Saul Williams, um Amethyst Rockstar, and what's oh, crazy wow, okay. is like I paired those just because of basic resonance shit between what Amethyst Rockstar speaks to. And yeah. I, I did. I didn't, didn't notice until I was watching them together that maybe subliminally I did, maybe subconsciously I did, but sure. that the key that the kid kills the twins with amethysts, with a big chunk of amethyst. And if you look closely, Whoa, okay. and if you look closely at the very last scene 
of us when they're driving and then you realize or you're supposed to realize that this is the woman the woman that we're seeing is actually the woman who the g- yeah, little girl yeah. who was from the other side so to speak yeah so like like the kid is holding it in the car on his lap oh yeah yeah that's right that's right what the fuck yeah 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 i don't think i knew what to make of that when i was watching it yeah so yeah 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 interesting dude and yeah so amethyst rockstar this is a thing i got a i got a like from saul williams on twitter about this but no no comment oh yeah that's a, that's that's cool he, though saul williams follows me on twitter man wow that's fucking i'm always af- i'm always afraid he'll see something and be offended but whatever oh well <laughs> he can probably handle himself yeah well this is your this is your phone but sometime soon you should watch this yeah yeah i'd love to is it just up on syncbook yeah i just sent it to you on your phone but yeah oh oh i see cool but, yeah fuck us yeah i mean, how seen... are your initials yakin and boaz how what the fuck yeah i know isn't that crazy <laughs> it's just in the set all that it has in the center of my screen is j all, jb all those all those yakin and boaz sinks like like the like like the j and b whiskey or whatever you know dude um, totally yeah they, that's... they're all they're also huh. like little per, they're always like personal to me too <laughs> there's my initials <laughs> oh dude i have seen some jb posters and magazine <laughs> things that are just like are you fucking for real like where we'll have the two bottles and the way that it arranges it'll have like they'll play on the pillar thing in multiple ways over and over again it trips me out oh, but wow. um crazy but uh yeah this is this is better to be jb than jz because jz is cool because it's the first and last letter of the two pillars because remember, the blueprint came out was was released uh, on 9-11-2001. Oh. Blueprint, blueprint for a sunrise. Would uh, Yoko Ono's album "Blueprint for a Sunrise" was released on 11-9-2001. Oh, that's crazy! Wow, yeah. wow. Blueprints like blueprints for the for the temple. So to speak, know? yeah, that's what it sure looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of blueprint relates to Metatron too, because Metatron is a blueprint for the tree. It's what gets replicated in, in the lower worlds is the pattern. So the pattern uh, gets gets sent from from it's being the around, from the from the right to the left in the in the god mind, you know, in the, the deeper archetypal mind. So that gets the but the template that gets sent over that gets produced into the lower worlds that connects the upper and lower worlds that it that is the real meaning of metatron like basically they relate to it like a mm. bird nest so like here you're in this tree and there's this bird nest in the middle of the tree and so but the but the pattern that gets replicated and so that pattern gets imitated by the uh in the citra acra with the clipboat so the clipboat basically like replicate this pattern that is a divine pattern it's divine in the sense that it's what is essentially us like when you like if you were to say like our natural self like what is our natural self you know beyond all the influence and Mm. bullshit or whatever but what is the thing like as kant would say the thing in itself you know and so that thing whatever that thing in itself is that has its own pattern and it has its own intelligence and so the replication of that intelligence which seeks to approximate it actually you know envelops it and enshrouds it and so that's, and it's just our inclination to do this thing. You know, we just find ourselves doing it. Uh, we have to in order to evolve or whatever. But part of what comes with that is this big fucking troubleshooting because we can't recognize what the next faculty to evolve is 
Like we can't we we can't conceive mm. of that until we break down how we're how specifically we're unevolved. Like to understand that on a primordial level to get like, oh, this is limited. Because you can't, you know, push what would be better unless if you break down what doesn't work. So like the idea is that we just do that through time. That's why like what we're kind of experiencing evolutionarily is like a further and further nullification of the reptilian in us. So like we came from dinosaurs, you know, it's like I take this to be like poltergeist and the shining. That's what it's all about is that you build something on a burial ground and then the spirit of whatever you built on top of is integrating into the thing itself, which causes it to break down, which also causes it to develop like we don't develop otherwise. So like I'm not thinking about the the Oculus at Ground Zero, by the way, (laughs) in relation to that building a thing on a burial ground. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. The giant, the giant eye. Uh huh. And that it's transportation in the midst of what was trade, and that's the whole thing. Is Jesus turns over the money tables to not trade in the temple, and then they build the massive fucking temple for trade. Specifically, you know, it's like it's like the most decadent mall imaginable. <laughs> uh it couldn't be more market. It's like hyper market, you know, mm-hmm. in that in that sense. Is that would you say that that's almost like probably the most market thing in all of fucking New York in a sense? Yeah, yeah, to- yeah, I, I think in a way or like the most retail thing anyway, you know? And it's right. like and it's like and it's like also it's like the most retail thing ever in combination with the biggest grave uh, ever probably, at least in modern history, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like single concentrated area. Like those bodies are literally there under the ground still. They're all buried in the collapse, you know. Uh, right, but where did the towers go? What they, the the towers disintegrated into dust for the most part. Yeah, 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 yeah. D- dustification. So like you know what what was her name? Is that Judy Wood? Doctor Judy Wood is that the, the the there's a woman who wrote a book called Where oh, the yeah, Towers yeah, Go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, shit, yeah, that shit, right. the syntax stuff, and like the anomalies around 9/11 are fucking out of control. There's there's uh, I might be getting this wrong, but I believe it was 14. There's 14 survivors at the second story of Tower Two. Do you know about this? Yeah, I, I do. I don't know the exact number though. There was yeah, yeah there was yeah, a there was a Canadian all. documentary about these people. They almost never talked about it in America. Interesting. Some, oh, I'd love to watch so that. So there's an interview with one of them talking about how he saw light coming in from above shortly after the towers fell. Good ninety story whatever fucking collapse above you and you're looking at light. Where the fuck did the tower go? It's insane. And they say that if it would actually would have fallen like even a standard demolition there, like that much for a standard demolition, that it would have broken the um the bathtub. Like your Manhattan would have been flooded to some degree. But interesting. Huh? And you know and you know the original loose change, which I couldn't believe in. I love Alan's documentary. I think it's fucking dope as hell, the hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah. One thing that isn't mentioned, though, when he's talking all this stuff about um, about Loose Change is that Loose Change, you can't even watch the original anymore. I don't know where to fucking find it. For years, you haven't been able to. Cause they, and the same thing happened with Who Killed the Electric Car, actually. If you find the original of those films, it's like, I mean, I would be stoked to fucking watch them again. Huh. But they're really they're hard to even, find. They're not even like on, on flying around on torrent sites or anything? 
I've looked. Like, I cannot find the original wow. last time I looked, and that was years ago. So maybe if I try it again, something changed. But yeah, but anyway. Maybe, I don't know. Original loose change, uh, it, it culminates with following uh, armored trucks um, through some tunnel. It wasn't the Lincoln Tunnel because it's not on the way, but uh, it, it, they follow them. So, like, basically, the first thing after people were saved from you know, the rubble as best they could or whatever the fuck, you know, there's an underground parking garage that was still intact and everything underneath the towers. And, uh, one of the first things that they did the day of was they, they had a long row of armored vehicles went down there. And, uh, what loose change was, was somebody following those armored vehicles to the New York branch of the federal reserve. And there's never been any acknowledgement or any discussion around that. And even, you know, after Loose Change came out, like, I thought that somebody was going to be have to be forced to address that. I've never heard an explanation of what was going on there. Was it just gold? I mean, I know it was a trade center. Did they have, like, a ton of gold down there? What happened to that gold? What's the deal with the fucking gold? Interesting. How is that used? What's the fuck is going on? It looks like it was, like, a fucking giant heist for gold and insurance and fucking whatever. Fuck, that would be, that would be so wild if that, if that ended up being the case. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me exactly, but just to to live to see the fallout of right of a, of a narrative inversion of at that level in the American consciousness, you know, if, right. it, ever came, if it ever came to pass that that, 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 yeah. that something like that was true, and that that we that we came to know that collectively somehow someday, you know. <laughs> yeah. So check check this out. I'm I'm not gonna say a name because we're being recorded or whatever, but you know somebody believe it or not, and I know somebody, or I could tell you later, uh, yeah. that uh, was sent to the Pentagon the day of the attack, quote-unquote attack, and uh, they were inside the Pentagon in the space where the quote-unquote plane crashed into the Pentagon. And really? they were like part of a special ops fucking military team. Uh, they're no longer in the military. They didn't get a dishonorable discharge, but they were fucking done with it after 9-11 because they had, they had got sent, there wasn't like he was in the same kind of league as like Navy SEAL type shit where you're like people who go on, you know, special missions, special ops. He's like, every time I w did a special op with the military, they always had an itinerary or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But like wh what it is that we're doing, what our primary objective is, what the fuck is what? He was like the only time in his military career where he got sent someplace and there was nothing. And he was just walking around like, what are we even doing here? Was on 9-11 at the Pentagon. He says he was wow, in, in the fucking room that got hit. He's like, there's no way in hell there was a plane. He's like, insanely laughable that there was any airplane. He was like, the parts of the airplane that were, that were there, people could lift up with single hand, walk away with it. He was like, there, it was just planted fucking shit. He wow, was like, there's the no... Yeah, yeah. So they, they destroyed the, um, the records department of the Pentagon, which was under renovation the day after Donald Rumsfeld announced that there was fucking, what, billions missing from the fucking Pentagon unaccounted yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. So that's billions of dollars there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got billions there, and then you got fucking, who the fuck knows what the giant row of armored vehicles collected from underneath the two towers that was seemed to be the first thing they wanted to do beyond saving people yeah what's the deal so these are these are questions that i've never i've never gotten real answers for you know 
Um, my f- ultimate conspiracy feeling on 9-11, you probably know. Uh, I'm with Webster Tarpley all the way. Uh, I, 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 my, my feeling is, is that, um, I actually, I actually have no idea who who, who that is. I'm, I'm pretty ignorant about the 9-11. I used to, I used to think that Webster Tarpley was Bernie Sanders. So I got confused just for a minute. Not like it was like, (laughs) but like there was a moment when it was, when it came first came out, the Bernie Sanders was running. I was like, that fucking guy, the 9-11 fucking inside job guy. No fucking way. That's, that's but uh, they, but now if I see, if I look at them, they're obviously you know you know but they're, they're they're older Jewish people with crazy hair, what hair they have, you know, sure, yeah, and just like they're like really eccentric, you know, and like but really passionate. They you know they're they're similar in their own ways. Cool. But uh, yeah. I could send you in the direction of a great fucking uh, uh, debate between a guy who's like an anti-conspiracy theory guy and Webster Tarpley and a crowd of people oh, that get super please. pissed off and involved it's, to watch it's the most yeah. it's, it's one of the most heated debates i've ever seen in my life and uh i don't i i don't think it's outdated even though it was a while ago i think it's just become more applicable to pay attention to what it said in it but anyway um you know webster tarpley is basically like you know there's rogue facets within governments and you're talking about a, a rogue facet you're not talking about a, when you say a government conspiracy you mean no like a rogue de- department that like people you know that or people from other departments that join and whatever, you know, that there's major influences that can happen in that way. But I, I believe, I don't believe, believe what I believe, but like I, I, um, my best understanding is that it was rogue facets of the U S Israel and Saudi Arabia basically coordinated that event. Ah, interesting. And that it was, it was, uh, for the most part money driven. Mm. Uh, and, you know, blatant opportunism from every fucking useful idiot around that, you know, that didn't care about that. There's opportunism in every fucking tragedy. The yeah. instigators of the thing itself, I think they had their own objectives, but it's like, hey, other departments fucking fell in line in almost predictable ways. Just like people will just respond these ways. Like you can, it's very yeah. Bernaysian, you know, it's like, how do you just direct? You're not controlling, you're influencing. And like that's one of the biggest problems when people talk about conspiracies and people think that acknowledging how different interests will fucking you know will will influence you know even the the like the main like the the top level nine eleven story that nine eleven happened and then we went to war you know it's it's already like a baby example of of that in a way you know mm-hmm. it, it it was 911 was used immediately for political purposes yeah you're like you think right tag you know, worked my god yeah, it was you know, 911 so, ever a rice tag fucking scapegoat so, so fucking thing 911 is just a thing that it just it just stinks like right at the surface of it even right and and still some kind of bizarre sort of cultural imperative has grown that forbids uh sort of serious attentional focus on any of those aspects of it basically just to the instrument of mockery you know right Um, dude how is it that there is a row of trees next to a row of cars at ground zero and the row, row of cars is burnt to a crisp right completely burnt to hell and the trees are uh, appear to be unsinged. Interesting. 
that kind of shit. So, like, you know how a, a neutron bomb destroys um, people but leaves buildings? Yeah. This looks like something that destroyed buildings but left organic life alone. How is there 14 fucking survivors in, in the second story of Tower 2? The fuck is that? Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's like... What do they say about how... About... I mean, there's some crazy energy shit. There's energy weapon, experimental energy weapons used in in Gaza and Iraq that are on the Like, tons of witnesses have seen things like that. There's been car explosions and shit, uh, a, a, attacks where people are unharmed. I remember reading an article in the Jerusalem Post um, growing up about an experimental weapon that was being developed by the IDF that used sound waves tuned to the resonant frequency of the human body so it would yeah. just basically like liquefy people mm. with audio yeah and that was that was like a like an actual piece of vetted journalism <laughs> published mm. you know for, for public consumption so yeah i have i have no doubt that that there's like serious weird experimental weapons being developed in israel and you know around the world obviously but but uh yeah, Israel's not fucking around really with that no. kind of stuff. Um, no, dude, they, they, they're they're, like they're brazen, man. Logically, like forward, you know. Yeah, all, and they'll all, they'll, they'll name set up set up big big stuff there in the nineties when I was there. It's like a crazy like mini Silicon Valley sort of. Mm, yeah, I could see that totally. Because yeah, they're 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 the 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 brightest out yeah. there. It's pretty and it's for real. It's, too, it's for yeah. real. It's pretty fucking no, bright. No. Yeah. Like, damn, dude. Okay. Yeah, I used to. I used to have a buddy who. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! So I, I don't even care, dude. His. Oh, I, I'm not, I shouldn't say his name. Uh, but this dude had had a big, nice bus, and he used to take people to Burning Man and stuff. And people would talk about him, and uh, I didn't believe the things that people had said. Uh, that he was basically. I was told that uh, he his father. Uh, basically ran a facility that produced uh, MDMA and oh, wow. that uh, okay. and that he was an untu uh, he was untouchable in the sense that uh, if he got stopped at an airport or whatever with drugs they would let him go with the drugs like he can do what he wants for the most part like wild crazy elite status family status and that he basically uh, brought MDMA specifically to the United States, uh, to, in, in massive, qu uh, quantities and was just allowed to do that. And that, that the, um, that the facilities are actually either in the territories. I think they're in the territories, but Israel, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but greater Israel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, he had some fucking place or whatever, and it was just all allowed that this is business, you know, they have their reasons that they want to distribute large quantity. So anyway, one day I go, I'm in his vehicle and I fucking open what I thought was going to be hopefully like a bathroom door or whatever. Like I was like, you know, taking a ride and, uh, I fucking look and there's like, it's stacked to the ceiling. Like just there's MDMA stacked to the ceiling. There's white powder stacked to the ceiling. Wow. And like, just like a room in this vehicle. It's a very large vehicle. And I was like, what the fuck? And I closed the door and I, I, I cannot not believe the things that I had been told after that, you know, cause I was young. I was like, 
I was shocked. Like, as yeah, teen- yeah. practically a teenager, I was like Shocking. 19 or 20 or something. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so a mutual friend of mine who's still still talks to this person told me when I told him about my Zohar studies and with Baruch and stuff around 9-11 stuff. And yeah. he goes, oh, shit. Almost said the name. This guy I'm talking about, he he told my friend that on uh, that uh, the week of 9-11, he got a heads up to not go anywhere near uh, New York specifically. Wow. And uh, apparently connections with him, he's talking about military officials who were told the same. So like there's like all the like Damn. Israeli military. Yeah, yeah. And so, but like Israeli military is like, you know, it's one thing. It's like everybody has mandatory military service. But when you're talking about, you know, higher ups or whatever, people were yeah. told not to go near New York during that time. And it's definitely connected with Israel. So um, that's pretty nuts. And then there's the uh, Corbett report on the damn scene Israelis that went on Israeli television after they were arrested here uh, on 9-11 for like, you know, jumping on their cars celebrating before right. it happened, you know. And they were kind of like really arrogantly, like you could see that they had prior knowledge, um, but they didn't, you know, they were just how ha- they didn't completely. Wait, I'm sorry. It, it aired before. Wait, explain, explain that again. There was these guys uh, in New York City uh, that had a van that were that the police were called on uh, for them basically uh, dancing and shouting uh, at a at a lookout point. In right, New York, right, like right, a good right. spot yeah. to like view the thing, the thing and was, and yeah. they went on Israeli news after that, and uh, you can they the things that they had to say about it were really arrogant. Like they implied a lot that they knew. I see, was, I see, you know, I see, I see. And where did that come from? But anyway, yeah, no, it's just a fact. People got a heads, people got a heads up, you know. And knowing that they got a heads up, you can know for damn sure it wasn't who they said it was that whose face kept changing on on confession videos, you know. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah, they, they, they all of that all of that stuff is like it's like it feels like a um like there's actual happenings and they're all intermixed with bullshit. Mm. And it's just like, you know, people will be like, "Oh, well, if those were military planes, like a lot of people who witnessed it said that day that's recorded, you can hear people shouting it. Those were military planes. They're going to have no windows and that kind of totally. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, and then, and then you people will be like, Oh, well then what happened to the actual planes? And I'm like, dude, you think that fucking NORAD was down. I'm like, you think that fucking, if they didn't give a fuck about people dying in the towers, that they gave a fuck about the people who boarded an airplane, no black boxes were found. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. It's so fucking crazy that those boxes weren't found. Everything disintegrated, man. Um, yeah, did they ever have a, pa- a, a passport? Plane? A passport was found <laughs> miraculously. <laughs> right. There was there was a phone call from the plane where they kept on referring to their uh, significant other by their full name, or was it their mom? Was it their mom? Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe they called their mom. And like I've listened to it. And it's just like they keep calling them by the full name. And you're like, dude, who the fuck does that? Like, what's your mom's full name? Uh, Julie K. Pasco. Can like, you I've imagine if you were talking to your mom and you were like, Julie K. Pasco? You know, and you're like, what the fuck? No one talks like that. Yeah, that's weird. 
It's weird as fuck, dude. <laughs> that's really weird that's subjectively weird i have no idea what to say about that. yeah Fuck. i don't um, know man but uh yeah no i mean i've and then so the thing is is that it, it was re- really became a question with covid where it's like okay it's not like no one died in the fucking two towers it doesn't change all the all the fucking perverse incentive around yeah. the thing from fucking yeah, yeah. not just politicians but fucking companies fucking everything everywhere you know and like there was a hysteria during that time and when there's a hysteria dude people totally take advantage of it so i i I feel like covid19 was like the ultimate test in our span about how uh affected you were in your perception of things with 9-11 because people that were like what the fuck give me a break when it came to 9-11 shit where you're like, you know, and that reaction to that. And then when something else is happening, you're like, oh, another another um, crisis situation, crisis time. And you're like, you know, when they were like basically saying on the news, like at the bottom of the screen, it was like Empire Strikes Back or whatever it said. America Strikes Back. It was like America Strikes Back. I thought it was just a few people that did this. Mm. We're striking back. What, how, what are we doing? Who are we striking back? What is it connected to? Like, what is, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. These people did this. I thought it was just a few people. And so I was like, and then when I'm watching that, I'm like, okay, so is it a country? Did we get attacked by a country? No. It was just some extremists. So how can you attack a country based on what extremists did? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, so this is why I won't go to protests. If I go, if I, what I've seen watching protests is a big row of people holding the line and they're doing the thing like they did, like they've done through the 60s, you know, or whatever. And they're holding yeah. the line. And then one person throws a fucking can of soup. And then all of a sudden comes the tear gas and the rubber bullets and the fucking whatever, the batons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One fucking person. Yeah. As if it's all that, that whole collective, that they're all on the same side. And this also ties into the fucking, the the MAGA shit and the the neoliberal shit. Where you have extreme people... And then everyone gets to be like all their positions are all our positions. Like we all agree on all the same stuff. You gotta be kidding me. And so like, yeah. that's really pronounced right now with what just happened with fucking Paul Pelosi, you know? And it's just like, you know what I'm talking about? Recent news. No, Paul, what's Paul, Paul Pelosi got, a, got in it, was in a fight with a, a hammer in his home at 2 AM, uh, a few, few nights ago <laughs> and fucking like, basically like, um, you know, police showed up. And their story changed because at first they said somebody let them in, a third party let them in, who was unnamed. Uh, but I bet I guess they were both in their underwear, which makes sense. It's two a.m. Paul Pelosi, if he's sleeping in his underwear, whatever. But it's like there's uh, the story keeps on shifting. Like apparently he knew the person's name when he called nine one one. Like uh, I I maybe even have said guest or something. Uh, but then they're like, oh, he fucking had like wow. a bunch of like. QAnon shit that he was sharing online but then you look at his, where he lived and he was in he was like lived in a bus in Berkeley with pride flags and Black Lives Matter shit all over that the like Victorian style house and he was a activist with a nude, nudist activist in the Castro I probably fucking met him I've talked to those guys a few times because Amy used to wow. live directly across from the wow. Castro theater and I'd see those Crazy. naked protesters all the time so like you got the news saying this MAGA guy and it's like wait a minute the MAGA guy was a Castro nudist activist like what the fuck is going on and it's just like what it looked like to me was that it was just like looking at the guy's background like okay he's Green Party 
All right, that is his party. Uh, it looks like he was a, an extreme leftist who fucking doesn't like what's become of the left, you know? Which I'm yeah. sure is like millions of fucking people. Look yeah. at how much support Bernie Sanders had. We're okay. like, oh, people were like over the fucking two party system, but we're forced to it by force, you know, like literal force. Like, this is, you know, what it is. Yeah. And like, it was like people were on that, the whole wanting another party until fucking Obama came out of, jumped out of a hat and was just like, hey, we can, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh shit, where did he come from? Uh, and it was just, you know, it's just some some Pied Piper shit that followed. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, just like, yeah, 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 you know? I remember that distinctly. Dude, I was like total Obama supporter uh, when he first started running. Yeah, and like I went there was like a like a ecstatic morning dance thing with a bunch of hippies that I used to go to. It's like a lot of people would get they get in a circle at the end and they just talk about whatever's going on in the community or whatever, and everyone would get a turn to talk and like go go around and it was like everyone's campaigning for Obama. And I had just seen who he had chosen for his secretary of treasury and his secretary of defense, which is actually his choice. So it's like up until that point, he hadn't made a single decision. It was the first choice I saw that was his. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. and I just saw that. And I was like, you know, the, the guy who he just selected for the secretary of treasury was the um, head of the, of the federal reserve in New York. He's a president of the federal reserve in New York. And I was like, and aren't those supposed to be separate? And then I was like, I looked up the Wikipedia for the secretary of defense uh, who he just selected. And it was like, dude, the Wikipedia changed from when I read it a week ago to when it was announced. I swear to God, dude, I looked at with my, with my friend, Kyle, we looked at this dude when he first went before it was announced that he was being chosen. We we're like, look at how fucked up this guy is, man. It was like stuff about his dad. His dad took a knife out in a meeting and fucking listed off the enemies of the state or whatever. And it was just like, what the fuck? It was just a super sketchy dude. Wow. And then it was like, we looked at the Wikipedia page after it was announced that he was selected. And it was like the whole page has completely changed to nothing but all well and goodness about this guy. And we were, we were actually at a party, and me and my oh, friend had looked wow. at it like a week before, and we were like, dude, he just announced that that guy's the Secretary of Defense? you got to be kidding me. He's a warmonger. And so we went to show everybody, and we are like, no, no, really, look at this. And then the whole page changed, and me and my friend had both saw it a week before, and we are like, no, dude, they just fucking changed the page. But anyway, that was like, that was the thing, you know? And you're like, wow, you give him a Nobel Peace Prize, but then he fucking, you know, just drops fucking crazy bombs. Trump dropped fucking crazy bombs, too. You know, that fucking happened consistently yeah. throughout his presidency. It's not like all of a sudden it stopped and was just some fucking peaceful time or something like that, you know? It's just, yeah, of course. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I think there's something to be said about the formula of what is false flag terrorism and we we misrepresent false flag now and i think it's partly to do with alex jones or something where it's just like mm. they treat it like it's hoax like it's synonymous with hoax um a false flag can be a hoax but uh sure. generally it just means it's the, the the attack isn't coming from where you think it is you know and i think saying 9-11 is an inside job is itself misleading it implies that george bush knew fucking two shits about anything that was right going on. right right yeah George Bush did not, yeah, George Bush did 9-11. Dude, that is like the worst piece of disinfo uh, for so many reasons, you know? He, look, he looked like so, so fucking clueless reading My Pet Goat. What oh did they give God. me the, the, yeah. this book, you know? Like, he just didn't know what the fuck to do or what was going on. That's why yeah, he sits I mean, there. It's it, like, it was obvious. It's just, it was obvious that he was completely in over his head with, with, with the entire 9-11 right. and everything that followed. Yeah. Every day on TV, I just, you know, you just saw him going through it. 
Fuck. Yeah. You know, as far as I know, the first person to ever say that 9-11 looked like um, uh, demolition on um, television was Donald Trump. Really? Interesting. I remember listening to him being interviewed the day of, and he said, it looks like those buildings came came down like like a demolition, man. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's all over these yeah. weird fucking movies. Like, like the, there's a whole weird Trump thing in Gremlins, too. Yeah, and Home Alone, too. Um, yeah, totally. Like, you know, yeah. As, yeah, With the two towers. But the thing is, is that is there the trade towers. He represents something in New York. You know, he he was asked about yeah. reading Bonfire, The yeah. Vanities. Or no, he was asked about, oh, have you read any good books lately? And he goes, oh, and he names the author, who was a really popular author in New York at the time. And they go, oh, what, was, what book was it? And he goes, oh, you know, uh, the most recent one. And they're like, Bonfire of the Vanities? And he's like, yeah, that's it. And it's just like, he just so obviously lied. That yeah. <laughs> did not read Bonfire of the Vanities. Bonfire of the Vanities is all about, like, the whole moral of that fucking story is that, like, it the court system in New York is a fucking shit show. And fucking sensationalism rules the day. And mm-hmm. just how terrible people are with the fucking scapegoatism. And, like, it's so applicable. Oh, like, you should fucking read that book. Like, if there is ever a book that Donald Trump should fucking read, it's Bonfire of the Vanities. But he fucking overtly lied about it. You don't say the most recent one. You know. No, the no, most that, that's hilarious. Yeah. You just read a brand new book, and all you know is it's the most recent. Get the fuck out of here. No, that's, that's, that's hysterical. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, I mean, this that was that was, you know... Does Trump do anything other than lie, really? I still don't feel like I understand him. I understand his cult, you know what I mean? Or to some extent. But, like, Trump himself is a bizarre character to me. I do wonder if he has, like, a real deal personality disorder. So he probably yeah. Does. You know, the way I got my dad on, my dad was a Trump supporter. And I was oh, like, really? what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? I thought I knew you. He's yeah. not anymore. Yeah, but yeah, he was fucking hardcore into fucking Trump for a while there, and you know he moved to Idaho from here, and so he's got no whatever is around him, whatever you know, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I I had my I I basically blew my dad's mind a little bit, not a little bit, like I did. Like <clears throat> he 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 was on this whole trip of fucking Trump, and then one point he's my dad admitted something to me, and he said, you know. When I go past the uh, mobile home parks and I see the Trump flags, I think to myself, I know why I want him to be president, but I can't figure out why you do. Oh, that's chilling. And he yeah. had, and he had, he had been president for a while when my dad said that. And I said, Dad, think about the billionaire and think about what the billionaire sees when he sees you and like where you live and that you're a Trump supporter. Do you think that that's much different, if at all, from when you look at those people in the mobile home park? And it, and he stopped and he was like, uh. <laughs> he's like, damn, it had it had. And so at that, it, we used to argue and argue and argue about fucking Trump for days until I did said that to him. And ever since then, we've never had another argument Interesting. about about, about that, at least. <laughs> It's interesting. Trump seems to have functioned in that in sort of related ways to that for like lots of people. I know, I know, I know, I know various people who have had like real family wedges form around Trump. You know, it's kind of like 
tested family units in some kind of weird way. Like some some of them just broke apart and are still broken apart. Actually, I I know some people that are like not on speaking terms with their parents. You know, um, so so first of all, that's awesome that you and your dad were able to like heal yep, that. My my sister isn't on speaking terms with my parents. Damn, and and yeah. hasn't and hasn't been uh, since uh, Madison died. Since Maddie, you know, mm. you know what I'm talking about? No, Maddie. When I say Maddie, okay. It was uh, I I I worked at a, a print shop that was attached to a community. So it's it, the old place they used to uh, skin cows at. So it's called the tannery. Uh huh. But people lived there. And uh, there was a, this is crazy, I don't know if I was sharing this, but whatever. Um, so, like, there was, a, there was a little girl that I'd see all the time. And actually, the day before she died, she came into my work, and she's running around, and all the kids were, were you know, she was the oldest person, the oldest kid of the kids. So there's kids running around this place all the time. It's a courtyard. So like I'm working, I'm working, there's like a coffee shop and there's a courtyard and there's like a building complex. And so yeah. the kids from the building complex would run around, you know, and it was the girls and they're, you know, running around and I'm hanging out with, uh, her mother, Laura, who happens to be my sister's name. The last time day I spoke to my sister was the day that Maddie died. Anyway, so I'm, uh. I'm hanging out and all the kids are like, what are we doing next, Maddie? And she was like, duh, 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 like pointing the way, like, we're going to go here and do whatever. And they all chased after her. And I said to her mom, I said, she's the leader of the pack, huh? And, and, uh, she was like, yeah, she has had this kind of like endearing moment or whatever. Hmm. And, uh, Maddie the next day was, uh, uh, raped and shoved into a dumpster from a kid, kid a kid who was fucking, uh, I think he was 13, 13 year old kid. Um, and she, 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 she died in the dumpster and we didn't, I, I was, I was actually, I was there when the fucking video, uh, was seen by my coworker and she fucking, she walked out of the room with all the cops. We were looking for Maddie all over the place. We didn't know where she went. She was like disappeared. And this is like a, for a couple, a couple days and it became like crazy symbolic because it was like everyone was looking everywhere but in the building like they weren't looking closely in the building yeah, they didn't look, check, check yeah. the fucking garbage underneath the place and so like this is like an extremely horrific event but what's what's crazy too because of who i'm talking to like if i was sharing the story with everybody this isn't necessarily what i jumped to explaining but i'm, I'm talking to jordan barty so whatever you get it so like Patrick Sveck and I, you know who I'm talking about? You know Patrick? No. no. He's in he's in the sync community big time. He's amazing. He's like a sync savant. You shouldn't definitely know him. Uh we wow, did work okay. together. Uh but um, you know, uh was I just talking about? Okay. We were working on a blog together about Heather O'Rourke and Poltergeist and all the oh, wow. cra- and all the crazy fucking high weirdness. Yeah, that's that. very very weird area. And so like yeah. when when Maddie died, we just dropped it, but we had gone really deep. So mm-hmm. so that song uh, that you just heard from me and my friend Leviathan, yeah, that's all based on what I was working on at the time. So okay. like so okay. like so like there's an episode of of um the Twilight Zone that's called Little Girl Lost 
that is overtly inspiration for Poltergeist. It's a kid that disappears in the wow, house. Okay. Can't find it. They can hear it. They can't see it. It's and it turns out to be in another dimension. They retrieve her from the other dimension. It's this whole. It's like the same fucking thing. And so that name of that episode comes from a poem by William Blake titled "Little Girl Lost." So. Um, basically it's a it's from the parents perspective of where their little girl is and that she's you know she, but she's with a lion she's like under a tree with a lion like in their minds or whatever and like it's like where is the little girl and so like the little girl's name in the poem is Laika. okay i hung out at maddie's house with her mom and she would fucking howl all the time she had this whole thing about being a wolf and uh, it, was, it was funny as hell. So this little girl was like full of energy. That's the significance. It's not just the little girl was like personality fucking mega plus. Like she was yeah. just like so theatrical. And she's the oldest kid at the, of those kids. You know, she's eight. Yeah. And she was really expressive or whatever. And she'd be like, bring to her mom. She'd be like, bring me one tomato. And it would be like a cherry <laughs> tomato or whatever. And her mom would be like, yeah. fine. She'd bring a tomato. And then like some time would go by. And she's like, bring me one tomato. It was just like she's fucking funny as, funny as hell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and she tested me when I first went to their apartment space because she'd like lean, like she'd get really serious and do like the staring thing to like test you to see how you react. And I would yeah. just be like, I would just be like, um, completely deadpan, just like stare back. And then eventually she'd be like, You're all right. She's mm. test people, you know, and which is very interesting that this fucking guy lured her with fucking ice cream. So, so fu fucked up, right? And so, like, yeah, so, you know, uh, Heather O'Rourke, she was, there was, like, a Disney special of, like, called Fantasyland shortly before she died where they put her on trial for her life. And they're, like, and it's it's fucking the Wicked Witch wants to fuck, and, and um, Captain Hook want to feed her to the fucking crocodiles. And basically she has to defend Ooh. her own life in court with all these Disney characters, it's some of the weirdest shit. Wow, so, dude, that sounds horrific. So in that song Leviathan that I shared with you, with yeah, uh, with yeah, uh, Nahadar, that uh, at the towards the beginning of the song, there's a little sample where it goes, "All right, let's have a trial. Let her have a trial, but who could possibly defend her?" That's a sample from that episode of fucking fantasy <laughs> okay wow heather o'rourke wow, all right and so and then the intro to that song with rod serling is the intro kind of chopped up a little bit uh but the intro from uh the episode little girl lost and so then the po the po poetry that's in it is the william blake poem in order just broken up to fit between vocals all of it I the whole see. poem. okay wow cool yeah and then it ends with uh lord of the flies it has a poltergeist sample in there too, obviously. Which yeah. says to her, it's just another girl, but to us, it is the beast. And so, in the poem "Little Girl Lost," Lyca, the name of the girl, means wolf. Right. And so the uh, representatives of some fucking group in Santa Cruz for like children violence, whatever the fuck, wanted to build a statue, like metal statue, of uh, Maddie at the courthouse. And they asked Laura, her mother, if it would be okay. And Laura and Laura said that that's fucking creepy as hell. But I really do appreciate the sentiment. And she said, if you want to build something for Maddie, make it a wolf. 
and you can write a little plaque for Madison, whatever. And she's like, I'd be totally down with that. And then they didn't do do anything. They're like, oh, we can't make a statue of your little girl? Oh, never mind then. God, this fucking, that's just really shitty. I know, right? But the symbolism, point being the symbolism, that it's a little girl's name is a wolf. And it's a wolf laying down with, with a lion. And to, and to her, it's just another girl. But to us, it is the beast. Right. You know fan? Wow, that's wild. Or to her, it's just another child. But to us, it is beast. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So uh, all kinds of cr- crazy shit, man. Like, God, that's, that's, a, that's a terrible story, David. I'm so sorry. Um, oh yeah, no, it was a horrific event in my life. Yeah, and I was, I like, I was with everybody, like, looking for, you know. When, and, when and, was this? And, Sorry, and, I and, and then the... my, 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 this is, um, I don't know. You could look it up online pretty easily. Just type in mm-hmm. uh, 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 Madison Middleton. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll look it up later. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so you know, my coworker came out when she saw the vi- the video, and she was just completely pale, and she's like, "Oh my god," because she watched the kid put her body in the in the dumpster and then i was standing outside the room when they first saw it because they didn't know what's happening and they just happened to be like wait what's that what's happening here and she just watched the footage and it's like oh fuck kid used to play with a yo-yo all the time i'd see him in the courtyard playing with his yo-yo and he'd just kind of like look around and just you know uh get, have like a, always like a constant smirk on his face fucking God, weird wow he ritualized the whole thing too he had planned it for like a long time and then wow. he put the lyrics to that song in Donnie Darko or whatever the um the one at the end I forget I always want to say R- Mad R- World R-M. it's not REM what is it yeah it's Mad World it's like Mad a cover World. of a Dur- Duran Duran song yeah totally so he wrote yeah. the lyrics to that the day that he did that and like wow. and so people have studied him like I found out from my cousin's girlfriend she's wow. uh fuck uh connections with the tannery. So after that I, I worked at the tannery for a little bit longer, but now ever since then I've worked at a at a print shop downtown that's connected to the the print shop at the tannery. So it's the same business. It's just I don't work at that location anymore. I see, I see. Yeah. Super, super crazy. Um but yeah, it's like and it's it really does remind me of like the the Shakina thing of like that, you know, that whatever's the most pure you know, is like, is also the most vulnerable and the most rep- yeah. suppressed, you know, that it gets, you know, beat down, you know, and it's just like, it sucks. It's, but it's like another way of just saying only the good die young, but it's like, not just, we're like, when we're saying the good, we're not just talking about fucking JFK or whatever. It's like, no, no, this fucking spirit of the thing, you know, it's like people squash the spirit. It's fucked up. Child sacrifice is a, like a pretty cool core aspect of how i understand the 9-11 image space you know it, it right. you can see it that way it, it, it kind of the the this particular photograph of it has this look like a like a baby being sacrificed the the explosion kind of takes on that feeling right kinda but we're, like, we're all kind of that child ultimately like that's the thing like totally say, like the eon it, of it, Horus it, or whatever the younger it's like yeah. we're supposed to be like this infant consciousness at this point we don't even know like what it is that we're actually being born into you know totally totally um, yeah or what we're yeah. giving birth to i should say and so it's like out it's very the phoenix thing you know it's like we're we're um uh, we're we're not grown yet, you know. We're we're not developed yet. We 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 got a ways to go, and we don't even know what development would really, you know, what it could ultimately look like, you know, what we could ultimately be developmentally, 
you know, and we relate to things in, in the fa very fact that we're so vulnerable to polarization the way that we are. It's that we haven't reconciled a, a, a core duality on a collective level. Yeah, no, so, exactly. like, that's the thing. Yeah. That's why in all through the culture war, that's why it's all fucking dua duality, man. It's like everywhere. It's, it's, it's the tension of opposites. And it's because opposites aren't ultimately in opposition in themselves. In and of themselves, opposites yeah. are in opposition. All the opposition is is a projection of duality that we yeah. we superimpose into the thing. And that, as far as I'm concerned, that's the meaning of the towers. That's what that is trying to scream to communicate. And not just the destruction of the towers, but what the towers are, you know? Like, of course, the towers are going to be des destroyed because they're a representation of this thing. So it's like that's that's the mandala that keeps on getting fucking swept and you gotta keep building it again yeah, like dude it's yeah, all yeah. It, that shit's in the bible like i'm sorry but like that's the thing like that you that's it's the ultimate question you you're told don't build the temple by hashem says this to the biblical character who i share a name with he says don't you know don't build that uh because it, this is what'll happen you know it's just this isn't built to last you know it doesn't, you can't build things to last, like, you know, so it's what's being built on an inner level that really endures, you know, and it's, that has to do with, like, the organism, uh, like, yeah, like yeah, when yeah. it comes to creation, like, if you can create a child, that's an actual creation, that's an act of creation. If you manufacture something, that's you building something. Know the difference. Those, that's why there's two orders to the sephirot. There's the imit imitative order, and there's the thing in itself, right? And yeah. so, like, and the, and the, and we say, you can say imitative, but it's like, no, that's far fucking reaching. That's all of our systems, man. That's all of our monetary systems. That's fucking our setup, you know, for us to function the way that we do. You know, it's like that's what we got. So yeah, it's a, it's not the same order. It's not the thing in itself, but it's what we deal with all the time. You know, that's why they say like the cleatboat aren't like way out there that's what that's what invasion of the body snatchers is really about that's totally a kabbalistic story because he's like they're here already they're already totally. here yeah. that's yeah, yeah. that should be the takeaway you know you're like oh it's like that yeah you're already existing with the thing anything that's influencing your consciousness and so like i like to say like i like to use like shampoo could be an example like that's how like products that you're using are one thing like that influence you like and that's physical and then you have all of the perceptual influence everything is just like and but then there's a essentially like what the life is at its at its center like what life lifeness or whatever you'd say like i amness you know like that's uh, that's yeah. beyond any of that you know and so that gets all enshrouded in this shit that's what fucking poltergeist is about that's our like our actual spiritual self at our core and then it's surrounded by fucking shit that's that misleads and manipulates and in fucking all this shit and we we fucking pay homage to something that we know is fucking manipulating us that's crazy you know what i mean totally but it's the question of what are you going to do are you going to build it or you're not going to build it and so solomon builds it anyway because he's like oh i'll just use materials from another land like they don't have to be from here like as if that were like a loophole that made sense that is like a that's like <laughs> that is a make makeshift you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean uh, let me, uh, how do I deal with this? You know, but, um, yeah, yeah but, but we're impelled to do it. We're compelled to do it. We have to do it. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's like, uh, I think, I think a lot of this is, is literally anatomical. I, I think it's like the, the hemispheres of the brain actually, you know, 
these ruptures, this, this whole issue to do with duality is caught up in it because we've just really repressed everything to do with the right hemisphere and built a worldview based on rationality, which the left hemisphere loves, you know, but uh, all the magic and the presence of the world has been kind of squashed out of it. I think that, that this, the spiritual transformation is, is like, it's like an antidote to like a, like a, like a strange emergent problem of the, of, of our machinic aspect, you know, right. Like the, just the body evolved in this way. It, it, it evolved, it, it evolved like smartly because it solves this basic problem of, of like having to manage two styles of attention simultaneously. You need to uh, be able to do concentrated, linear, focused operations. This is kind of what the left hemisphere evolved to do. But at the same time, you need to be monitoring your environment in an open way for potential threats or novelties that might become resources. So the right hemisphere has evolved to sort of deal with anomalies, really, and with um, um, contexts. And like whole situations as opposed to the sort of broken, linear, compartmentalized logic of the left hemisphere. And it's like it's like that it's, it's there's like a there's a scar in the human soul in a way because of that. Um and I think unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, because maybe this is like the catalyst that's necessary to produce the transformation, you know, we've mm-hmm. gotten ourselves into a situation culturally where uh, it's kind of reinforced this problem by 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 it's it's, it's like an unintended uh, maybe side effect of the death of God and the loss of religion because th- those sorts of things spirituality like is the interface that can heal that divide and bring those two modes of consciousness together into a third unified thing that the child of the philosophers maybe at the at the end you know um or you know is it the beginning or or whatever but but the 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 say the the child of the philosophers yeah that was one of the ways that the alchemists referred to the 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 goal of the opus it's the same as the philosopher's stone sometimes okay that's what i was gonna ask that's what it sounded like i'm like oh you're talking about the okay okay yeah so 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 we're saying that that the philosopher's stone is essentially this it, it you said the philosopher's child yeah 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 the, the so philosophy like, philosophorum is the idea of i'm sorry to be nerd out here but uh the idea of the star child oh being yeah to the philosopher's stone totally yeah it's yeah. really interesting totally, in yeah. the 2001 thus spake zarathustra in the or also spake zarathustra that's what the song is called right Oh, it's not um, different suits. Not is sure. there another one called the Spake Zarathustra just because the book is called the Spake Zarathustra, or is it just? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes we'll say Sprack too. What is it? Or Sprake? Is it say Sprake, Sprake or something? Yeah. God, it's Sprake. terrible. It's just to say it in <laughs> German at that point, you know. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, there we go. They're just gonna say it in German. That's Sprake. That sounds German. Okay, yeah. Derp de der. Uh, I've read a good portion of that book. Have you checked that out? Oh yeah, no, I've I've read it um, a, a few times. Um, I didn't understand it when I was young. I first read it in college, 
Mm-hmm. Um, after sync stuff, I went back to it and felt that I understood more of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Um, I've, I've read I've read a lot of Nietzsche, but mm-hmm. uh, but I I I, I prefer uh, yeah. There's something special about Zarathustra because it's 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 a, it's a little myth, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder I wonder how much Nietzsche even understood everything that he put in there, you know. Well, I think it's it's a nice so, dream. I, I like so it a lot. Biblical. It's like he wanted to make his own book of the Bible or something. Yeah, totally. That's totally. the funny part. He's just like, like God is dead. Here, let me give you this like super biblical feeling text that I has. It you know, it's almost like fucking. Uh, didn't Eliphas Levy have the have the aqu- Aquarian Gospel or whatever it was? Was that? Oh, Aquarian. what is the one that he wrote by candlelight at a particular time of night every night or whatever it fuck it was or by the moonlight oh, or some I don't shit. Know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But it's like it's just this thing where you're like you're producing a very biblical text while at the same time you seem so anti. You know, I don't know. Like you're yeah, producing that. I, I, I wonder, if, I wonder if that was like a strategy. I wonder if he thought like, like okay, I have something that that is superior to to these religions. How how do I actually penetrate the religious mind with with this new idea? Well, I have to put it in the language they'll understand, which is this language of biblical <laughs> prophecy or something you know like i, I yeah. wonder if that was just like a, like a, like like a coldly calculated decision almost you or know i gotta say less conscious than that for, for him i i love the 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 idea of the re- words like the religious mind krishnamurti mm. says that a lot he talks about what is the religious mind because he gets into like what is a fucking you know the characteristics of a of a petty mind and how that comes about, you know, and like, like, uh, um, you know, a dull mind. And he's like, what is it? You know, what is, where's the, um, you know, what is the religious mind? And he was to seek to find out what is it? You, I don't know if you're familiar with Krishnamurti's. Sure. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. Not at all, really. Oh, um, do, oh, like this history of Krishnamurti? You don't know, do you know? Okay. So like, no, I've, no, I've literally no, okay. So yeah, Krishnamurti was like, was like, essentially, I'm going to put this for all intents and purposes, kind of talk, because it's a larger conversation the books are written about. But uh, he's basically prophesied uh, by the Theosophical Society to be the world teacher. Hmm. And so he's, like, born, and they're like, this is it. This is gonna be okay. So it's almost like almost like the Dalai Lama kind of treatment, what is for yeah, Tibet, yeah, okay. Tibet, you know? And so they're like, this is the world teacher. And they called him uh, uh, Alkion, which is a star. Man, I could be pronouncing that wrong. I don't know. I'm just book learned, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, he ended up, I believe it was the age of like 13 thereabouts. He was in front of a whole bunch of people and he just fucking, he had already written a book called At the Feet of the Master. And so like he had like a following, right? And he just completely flips the script and goes, there's no guru. You're the guru for yourself, whatever. It's all basically bullshit. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he ends up for the rest of his life into like whatever he was in his 80s or 90s. I don't know. He's old. Uh, ended up becoming the world teacher. So like he was, he was what he was forced upon him, which he rejected and became paradoxically, was the thing that Alistair mm. Crowley wanted more than anything. He mm. wanted to mm. to get that kind of recognition and just right. like you know unwavering support kind of thing, and like. You know, Krishnamurti was reject was rejective of everything. Wow, that that's interesting. Well, Crowley says himself, "Don't lust after the result or whatever," right? 
Yeah, without lust for the result. Yeah, because yeah. that's in the book of the law that that uh, um, uh, to be like this sense is like to be delivered from that, like that that's a burden. So, yeah, but at the same time, Crowley seems to be somebody who lusted for a result. So he would say himself that he's not it. He's like, yes. I'm just telling you what about it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not the thing, mm-hmm. you know. Well, at the same time, he's like, he's mm-hmm. another thing that he really wants to be, which is basically the world teacher, you know, he wants to be that, right. You know, right. that, that level of like, I, my, 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 uh, channeled work is like the Testament. It's like the third Testament. It's like a trace Lobos, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> he's like, can't we have two, two testes? I mean, three testes. Why would we only <laughs> have two testes? He's like testament, right? No, right, yeah, testament, yeah. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Oh, so yeah, I wanted to just point out like the shining thing, like with the with us. It's that um, you know at the it, that Jack Nicholson's grandson is at the beginning at the boardwalk. He's the guy he's playing a game with. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. I didn't know that so, was Jack Nicholson's son. So, so, weird. Yeah, so grandson, I think. Okay, so, grandson, grandson. I believe so, yeah. And so if you look at um in the credits, it'll say what is it? What is the fuck is it? I can't think right now, but um something Nicholson. If you see that in the credits, look at his name. Uh you know, in the credits of us it has both the name of the of the person of the character as is, and then it has his, the double name. Yeah, what the, the other name is, yeah. And so, on the case of Jack Nicholson's grandson, it's it reads uh, Danny slash Tony. Oh, weird. He, so weird, weird, weird. He hasn't been in any other movie except like a music video for like um, what are they called? The fucking. Dandy Warhols. They have a song called. Wow. Jadies. Yeah, song that seems like Salinger doing deliberately yeah. Yeah, the song yeah. is called salinger and he jack nicholson's grandson plays jd salinger in the music video for the song jd salinger wow wow and, yeah fuck yeah, yeah. This, is a, this is a doozy so, so who dies in the shining besides yes. jack oh besides jack halloran that's right fucking scatman crawlers yeah the the and that's the and the rest is all in the mind, ultimately. Yeah, because you don't see, right. you know this is what do you got you know for real? Uh, who actually dies? The Shining, originally, I've been trying to fucking find this again. I swear to God, I found this. This is somewhere out there. There's a fucking uh, Stephen King talking about how the original title for The Shining wasn't The Shining, it was The Shiner. And that he was told by his publishing house that he could not release the book as The Shiner because people would see racial implications. Wow. That's crazy. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So, remember how um, Grady in the bathroom is is speaking to Jack about the situation? the 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 it's classism it's racism it's like it's all up in there and it's also the native americans it's just yep yep totally it's like it's so integrated into it you know but that's why 
us and the shining they have a relationship it's they're part of the same meta narrative aha aha yeah totally totally yeah i i i really do see that that's very interesting i wanted to think more about that the relationship of the shining well you can think all about it when you're watching the sync with fucking amethyst rockstar but yeah hell yeah yeah so wait, you use the backwards and forwards version of The Shining? <laughs> no, no, no. I use I mirrored okay. The Shining against itself. Okay, but you didn't so, reverse the the time. No, just mi- mirrored the, the mirrored the image. Frame. Interesting. So it's just a longer it's gonna frame. Be, it's gonna it's gonna be like uh, there's gonna be like weird uh, symmetries in there. Yeah. So the 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 idea like mega for that symmetry. Yeah, the idea for that came from uh, the way that the monolith is shown in 2010, the year we make contact. So you know oh, the God. end of it where I, the monolith yeah, is doubled. That movie. I, I've seen it. But... There's, there's two monoliths together like that. So yeah. like that's how it ends. It's like it's yeah, like the, the, yeah, yeah, they're, right. they're connected. And so like that's the two. I'm like, dude, that's the two towers. So I'm just like, dude, fucking connect it and then t- change the dimension. So the side, so the sideways is is it like a pillar, but it's sideways, you know? Yeah. Fuck. I think mm-hmm. my brain is uh, shutting down for the. Evening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. We've been talking for like two and a half hours. Oh um, yeah.
And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out your uh, us uh, analyzing video. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. It's it's much more concise than the Hellraiser thing. I think it's just like one episode, maybe mm-hmm. even or just two or something. I think it's just like a couple hours, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. to... Oh, by by the way, Jack Nicholson's grandson also appears on the cover of Lana Del Rey's album titled Norman Fucking Rockwell, which sings. What? With, no, he which, doesn't really. Yeah, Why? yeah. So weird. Yeah, them on a boat. What the fuck? Okay. Uh, and uh, that album syncs incredibly well with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's nuts. I love that album. Yeah, that's Jack Nicholson's grandson. So you love the album, you know what I'm talking about. Jesus, come on. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Lana. Yeah, you Lana think fan. of yeah. As my, you may have noticed if you've been looking at my sync page that there's pretty much every album that Lana Del Rey has done. Totally. I have, I have, yeah. I have um, I her first that. one, uh, Kill Kill, with uh, Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill. It's not uploaded, but it's a really good sync. Uh, her first album. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it's been grand. Thank you. Yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, man. Have a good night. All right. Thank you.